The Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyze. We failed. But in the year of the spoiler war, it became something greater. Our last best hope for answers. The year is 2015. The show, down below. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Ann. I'm Heidi. And I'm Beth. But today we are joined by, I think, a first-time visitor to Down Below. I do so many podcasts, it's hard to keep track, but <laughs> we have Sergeant Drano. Hey, gang. I'm uh, <laughs> glad to be here. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's been a while since I've asked you about this. How did you come to discover Babylon 5? Uh, this is another show that I was there for from the very beginning, ever since the uh, the pilot aired, like, about a year or so before the series started, at least. Uh, so, yeah, I was there from the very beginning. Uh, like you guys did, I thought it was kind of mediocre at first, uh, through the first season, but it definitely picked up, I thought, with the... Uh, the voice in the wilderness, voice in the wilderness, two part. Yeah, the two part. Yeah, where they, you finally the Hyperion shows up and you find out about the uh, uh, Epsilon three, and from that point on, I was I was pretty well hooked, and it just got better and better after that. Cool. I'm listening to. Um, I was just listening to Braving Babylon Five, where he, uh, his episodes for a voice in the wilderness, and that's when he got hooked on the show. He's watching for the first time. Oh. Is that another podcast? Yeah. Yeah. English guy. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um, you've also got, um, I think it's the introduction to Babylon 5, but all four of those hosts have seen the show before. They uh-huh. kind of do a spoiler curtain and talk. But occasionally they do um, someone on who hasn't seen the show before because one of the husbands, sorry, the husband of one of the guys. So girls uh, has yeah, I hate could be guys, could be guys. <laughs> no, but I said girls, and I don't like that when you know. Ladies, <laughs> uh, one, one of the hosts has a husband who hasn't seen it before, and um, so his impressions are nice to hear as well. Awesome. Well, today we are here to discuss episodes sixteen and seventeen of season three, War Without End. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting for this. (laughs) But first, here's a little message from Zathras. Oh, no. No, this is not wrong. This is not wrong at all. This be recording for down below. Zathras hear you through Great Machine on Epsilon 3. Dralal does not know this yet. But you are recording this great big story. So Zathras... Contribute to story. Zathras tell you of Zathras' journey with one that was. You know Zathras sent by Drala to White Star with Great One. Zathras go 
But Zathras not want to go. Zathras know you die. Die in great sadness. So Zathras make recordings. Zathras does not mind dying sadly. Zathras mind voice not heard. So Zathras speaks. Zathras speaks with the one. The one says not to say the one. Zathras confused. Zathras speak later. Yes, Zathras speak later. Time stabilizers all throughout ship. Time stabilizers go wrong. Humans not know how to work stabilizers. Zathras show them. Still not know how to work. Zathras must repair. Zathras talk with Avanava. Avanava, great friend. Avanava, listen. Great words of wisdom does Zathras share with her. She now know secret to universe. Zathras get to make great PowerPoint speech to the ones Zathras depart with one that was. Zathras very bored for a very long time. The one in cocoon. Very boring. Zathras get to meet Volans. Volans very silly. Volans say very little. Volans then get to meet old Membari. Old Membari. Very silly. Go around with guns. Very silly. So Zathras shows them. The one. The one guides them. Zathras help. Zathras now in charge of worker cast. Zathras very happy. Zathras give warning. Warning of great peril. Listeners, beware. Do not give up. Down below, great podcast, great potential, great story come to end. Listen in. Great people doing great things. Zathras must go now. Zathras must teach worker cast not to blow up universe. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more? War Without End originally aired May 13 and May 20th, 1996. Can you imagine having to wait a week? Let's see. Oh. <laughs> directed by Mike Behar, who directed Ship of Tears, and it's written by JMS. So let's get started with the recap. This is a oof, long recap. Right? <laughs> that, that part one really kind of ends abruptly, too. It's not like there's a major cliffhanger. It just kind of. No. Yeah. That's it. It was That's just very. Episode. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it more just on very a, it... confusing. Oh, yeah. And. Just so you know, in my notes and when I'm talking about it, I called um, Sinclair Jeff just to make things easier. Mm-hmm. So it's going yeah. to be Jeff and Sheridan. Easier but less fun. I was yeah. going to say, because <laughs> if you do Jeff and John, it doesn't really make a difference. No, it's a- yeah, I know in my notes I messed up once or twice and corrected it. but <laughs> Just call him Ambassador and Captain. Yeah. That works. So episode begins on Minbar. It's a lovely, pretty place. And there's a Jedi Ranger mm-hmm. <laughs> called Intilza walking down the hall, followed by this guy. He has a case supposed to be given to him on this day, according to the scrolls. And they've been waiting for 900 years. And there's a letter inside with Jeffrey David Sinclair on it. And he takes off his hood and 
Guess who was Sinclair? It's Jeff! <laughs> and he's the Jedi. <laughs> I wonder why he, he felt the name to put, uh, the reason to put his all three names. I wonder if that means anything. <laughs> I wonder if he just routinely walks around Minbar with that giant hood on all the time until he can. It's <laughs> yeah, like a good horse. moment to pull it off. He's a, in a dramatic. He's character. a celebrity, so he doesn't want his face to be seen. To be. Oh, I think that David is in there for a reason, so yeah. that we have something to connect it to later. Yeah, right. I think so too. Yeah. Mm. Um, also, Entils are, and later on, he gets called Ranger One. Um, did you get that? That kind of means he's the leader of the Rangers. Oh yeah, but I think okay. they've called it that before, right? Yeah, but they're restating it here, and it's very heavily mentioned because of the big reveal later. They wonder how he knows who Sinclair is. Who is he? <laughs> Person who wrote the letter. Mm -hmm. Oh, he, whoever lived a thousand years ago. <laughs> oh, in Babylon 5, Clarence gets a distress call from Sector 14, and Ivana reminds us that Sector 14 is under quarantine. I'm glad that she did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the signal is Ivanova saying, they're all over the place, they're killing us, blah, blah, blah. And this is probably my only problem with the episode, how Ivanova is reacting to this. I think even in imminent death, Ivanova would have been a little more cooler and calm and not quite the way she was in this video. Mm. Still, the, the whole voiceover is still a bit creepy and ominous. It's done really well, I think. After the opening credits on Minbar, Sinclair's ship is ready. And it's like this letter has disturbed him a little bit, but he won't tell anybody what it said. I think the guy's name was Rappin. Yeah, Sinclair tells him to keep his work going, and Rappin doesn't think he'll ever see Sinclair again. And then, yeah, I think actually I haven't read it yet, but Rappin actually appears in one of the spin-off novels, and I I'm not sure whether it actually has any more spoilers in it. It might do. So I'd have to be sure, but um, I'm going to be reading it soon. And if it doesn't have spoilers, I recommend it because it deals with um, Jeff when he went to Membar. It deals with the time he's ambassador on Membar and everything leading up to this point. Yeah. I still haven't gotten past the first book yet with Talia and Psychor <laughs> people one of these days. <laughs> um, the actor that played that Membari, though, do you know what he else was he was in? Yeah, well, I meant to look him up. Familiar, um, I'll do that now. Part one. Searching. <laughs> That'll be uh, hours. Search, search will be completed in four hours. <laughs> His name is Time Winters. See, he's on Shameless a couple episodes. Yeah, he was on Carnival. Yeah, he looks weird enough to be on Carnival. <laughs> Who did he play Shaman. on that? Um, Wilfred Talbot Smith. Four episodes. I don't remember who that is. <laughs> I don't either. We need Claire here. Um, I saw Buffy. He was Doctor Overheiser in Out of My Mind. Okay, he was one of the doctors that worked on her mom. That's probably what I recognized him from. So, 
Yeah, after Sinclair leaves, a Borlon shows up and says something very cryptic and drops the mic and walks off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think this is the first Borlon, <laughs> aside from Kosh, that we see. Yeah. Yeah. So you're really just kind of like. <laughs> and he can't like run really fast or anything. I hope it was a door like right there that he could just discreetly walk out of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of floats away. <laughs> On B5, they confirmed that the voice is Ivanova's and must have come from the future. The future coming? No. <laughs> um, they like how, it's like how Garibaldi had a flash of the future. He's gonna go out there and check it out and maybe they can get ready for what's gonna happen and it's a three hour trip. A three hour tour. <laughs> Zach is getting people ready for processing and he comes across Sinclair entering the station. Oh, yeah, um, I love that. Zach gets a scene, scene with uh, with Jeff, I should say. Uh, it's just, yeah, we never got it whilst uh, Jeff was on the station first time round. Yeah. And they and make yet- it seem like Sinclair got there really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Garibaldi's leaving at the same time, and he and Yvonne are going to split their lottery winnings, and he'll be back in about eight hours, so I guess he's going to spend two hours out there. Yeah, unlike other shows that seem to really question time travel and have a problem with it, here, you know, they take it seriously, they understand what it is, and then they go on to make jokes about it. Mm-hmm. I love it. If you listen to what we make a Terminator podcast, you know I love time travel so much. <laughs> oh, so do I, so do I. So, so turned on right now. Too uh, <laughs> early. Excuse me. So, uh, Lanier arrives in Delenn's quarter. She knows Sinclair's there. It's time. Whatever they have to do, it must be done. She wishes she has more time. And we see that Delenn has a note, too. Mm. So, this note came from Valen, right? Oh, yeah. Valen wrote both of those. Okay, so she got it somehow in the meantime. Mm. Well, I would say, basically, the instructions, you know, around... Jeff's letter kind of applied to Delenn's letter only maybe a couple of days before, you know, go into this place, open this box. Oh, it's a letter for Delenn. How do they know? But so we'll send it to Delenn. But wait, though, be sure Delenn gets her letter first. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably directions that said told him to do that. Oh, yeah. That would be so weird. You're reading those, like, and, you know, send it to Babylon 5 and make sure it gets past security. <laughs> I don't know. If- <laughs> yeah, now they can just use a ranger to deliver it. That'll be fine. This- make, sure you- <laughs> make sure you don't give it to Zach. Send that postage. <laughs> this reminds me of a scene make, from... Yeah, just uh, make sure you don't put to- it through the post office, otherwise they'll open it up and uh-huh. spoil the whole station. <laughs> yeah, this, re- this reminds me of a scene from Back to the Future where he sends the... Uh, the uh, was it a telegram or something? What was yeah. it to himself mm-hmm. to be delivered on a certain day? Yeah, it was like Western Union or something. Yes. <laughs> In the war room, Marcus thinks the shadows are reconsidering their strategy. They've been quiet since the war lines hit them. Sharon thinks they hit him. They need to hit him twice as hard. He's he's taking Ivanova lessons, or I guess he's thinking they're going to get hit twice as hard or something like that. And Delenn wants Sheridan and Marcus to come to the White Star along with one other Sinclair. And here comes Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Walks in the room at precisely the right moment. 
Oh yeah, because of course he does. He has sure, perfect timing. Yeah, I'm it, sure Valen told him when. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that note told him when mm-hmm. to come in. <laughs> Didn't have his giant hood on though. I was disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> this character is definitely one um, example of uh, where not being there makes us like him more. <laughs> because we were not fond of him. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they uh, Sinclair and Sheridan knew each other during the Mars riots, and yeah, that's a nice touch, actually. Yeah, which I have forgotten that they knew each other. Um, Subjugating all those little people. <laughs> <laughs> Garibaldi comes in on Channel Two. Sinclair looks a little worried and steps away. Garibaldi has discovered a signal from Epsilon 3 that's affecting his temporal rift, and you see Zathras looking worried and... Yeah, Zathras, my yeah. favorite character. Just, yeah, he, <laughs> of all of B5, he's my favorite character. Oh. Another one of his kind is there. They can't tell Draw what's going on because he's concentrating on the machine, but Zathras knows what to do. <laughs> and apparently there's, like, more than one Zathras. That threw me for a loop. Wait, is was it supposed to be the same person? They, they looked, the I, they looked identical to me. Right? Almost identical, yeah, but because, you know, it's mid-90s, I had to cast another actor, you know, probably cost too much to do split-screen with everything else going on in this episode. It looked to me like it was supposed to be the same, exactly the same, like, clone or something. Oh, because we were having a little bit of a debate when we were doing our um, commentary, because we weren't sure about that. That's what it looked like to me. That's just my takeaway. So, they wanted to. I think my notes say Delenn, but I think it was Sheridan that wanted to go to Sector Four. No, Delenn wants to go. Sheridan wants to go to Epsilon Three, but Delenn wants to go to Sector Fourteen. And she says, "Trust me." Trust me. I got a note. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, look, um, Jeff showed up, so we have to do this. Yeah. Now. Garibaldi's scanning and he picks up Ivanova's message. Sheridan and Sinclair are talking. Sinclair's being cryptic and not giving any info away. Marcus warns Sheridan to quit while he's ahead. <laughs> Again, this is another nice touch, you know. Marcus knows Jeff from back on Membar. He could just imagine the time Jeff spent training Marcus, actually. Garibaldi gets a visual signal from Ivanova and he records it in. While in the signal, she switches to external cameras, and we see shadows coming in for the attack. But did it seem like she was switching to external cameras just so whoever she was sending the message to would see something more entertaining? Yeah. It's not to say the size, but the thing I love about this bit is the music. I mean, Babylon 5 yeah. music is always epic, but hearing the sequence, it just really stood out. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what show has epic music Sensate on Netflix. <laughs> Another show. Well, of course, it's a JMS show. Of course, it will. <laughs> this is this is the uh, Pimp Wills podcast uh, <laughs> show. Everybody, get your plugs in. Um, which I'm hearing they may have a soundtrack, or they're working on trying to get a soundtrack. Oh, nice. Um, on the White Star, everybody's gathered and. Delenn explains to her major. She says, thousands of years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is another PowerPoint presentation on Delenn's part. Yeah. yeah. It was fancy. 
So she became aware of this transmission from Epsilon 3 before they left. And then she got some other information and some secret gay gray council. <laughs> <laughs> oh, different council. Oh. <laughs> something different. <laughs> Another secret gray... plug. <laughs> yeah. Some gray council information from the last war. Their great star base was destroyed and a replacement arrived, Babylon 4. And they have video equipment a thousand years ago. And this is the first great revelation in the whole story. That's just chocked full of intrigues, um, spoilers in a way, but it's not spoilers. It's just all of this stuff just draws you in and sets up a load of stuff. I mean, we're going to get into it later, but this is just the first of it. I like the looks and Claire gets on his face at this point, like it all makes sense now or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's clicking. It's just yeah. all falling into place, yeah. For him, at least. Right. Yeah. Not for us. No. <laughs> I mean, it was unexpected when I first saw this. I kind of... I, I heard your reaction on the um, commentary, but when you rewatched it, you really got the impression of what's going on here. What, what did you make of this? They're actually taking B4 into the past rather than the future. I'm eating blueberries. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she shows us some more footage, some records from Draw, and one was Sinclair and Garibaldi, which we saw in A Voice in the Wilderness. And another is before the first, um, before the station first disappeared. We see the allies of the shadows about to attack the station when the white star shows up to stop them. So they have to go back through the rift to stop B4 before being destroyed, or B5 will be destroyed. So, yeah. is this a good point to ask? Like, yeah. Was this the original plan for JMS at, at this point? Like, um, at this point in the episode, this was still the original plan? Well, plan changed several times, I think. The original plan before the series was made had B4 used in... Babylon 5's partial sequel continuation under a different name. Basically, he had an idea that Babylon 5 would go on for five years, something would happen, and then we'd get um, something else. I think it was Babylon Infinity or something like that. And Babylon 4 would come and then be the station, and other stuff would happen that I can't go into at this point. Uh huh. But this would be in the past, the first Shadow War, or would it be in the future and originally well, they weren't going to take it to the past? Originally they were going to take it basically to the end of what was originally Babylon 5's end, but ah, once okay. he changed his mind during the early productions of Babylon 5, I think that's when he probably decided, no, I'll just take it to the past. Um, gotcha. And I think the, the other stuff with Jeff it was kind of put in after uh, the actor had to leave. The stuff meaning that he becomes Balin, or the stuff like that he comes, that he's on Minbar and he has to come back to B5? Um, both. Oh. That's yeah. interesting. Um, it really it, matches up well. It, I mean, it really does. And it, yeah. it's a testament to JMS's writing here. Yeah. Because he's able to make it work with only very minor inconsistencies. Yeah. And I've got a workaround for that, which I'll go into later. You mean an excuse? Oh, yeah, <laughs> an excuse. 
Oh, come on. I do that with all the time. And plating. <laughs> Dylan says they have to make sure it happens again. Uh, she didn't know the truth before. She came to the station when she found out she was afraid. What happened if she told anybody? Um, and deleted, defeating the shadows in the past stops him from being too strong in the present. And Sinclair says he has some reliable info that corroborates this. <laughs> yeah, a letter from me. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah. talked to Garibaldi. He says the timestamp on that message is eight days from now, and I think they work well together. Sheridan's ready for a great adventure. I think this, this is Winnie Barba says she'll wait in the car. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was great. Uh, well, when we get to quotes, I think the lead-up oh, to that... Uh, well, no, it's just the lead-up to that is what makes the quote so brilliant. Because <laughs> everyone's so serious, and then, yeah, typical of anniversary undercuts it. So, question. Um, what changed, I guess, from the original timeline for them to be getting this message? Or... Were they well, always it, supposed to be getting this message, or it, was something change wherein they realized that the shadows are going to attack or something? At the moment, this is an echo of what might be, because they haven't actually traveled through time yet to steal Babylon 4 and take it back. This is a possible future that might happen if they don't proceed with the plan. Yeah, it's an alternate timeline. Yeah. Right. But isn't that weird that they're getting a message from an alternate timeline? <laughs> I guess I can't well, think about it. Tachyons! It's tachyons! It's tachyons, it's tachyons yeah. and future Timmy. Uh, so, future wobbly. Timmy! <laughs> yes, future Timmy, Wibbly Wobbly. Wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> I think I wrote that in my notes at one point, actually. <laughs> I want to know who Macy Williams is in the next Doctor Who season. Oh, I just seen the trailer a couple of days ago. We were speculating the other day. And of course, I'll be discussing this on my other show, The Web of Queer. Ding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they're being followed. They get some cargo for their journey. Um, The ship comes and gives it to them. They have to place a homing device in the central core B4 before they can send it through time. And Zathras arrives. Yay! Zathras. Sinclair remembers him, but Zathras doesn't remember him because it's Sinclair's past, Zathras' future. For a second, I had to think about this because it was like, <laughs> before I could get it straight in my head. It was making me think about River Song and the Doctor, how their yep. timelines come. But yeah, just because, because when Zathras comes in and sees uh, Sinclair and like calls, I guess, him the one, but all of them the one, or whatever. Um, yeah, we'll get into it, that later. <laughs> yeah, but it made me think that he had already been there, and I was like, what? No. <laughs> I'm so confused. But yeah, I get it now. Sinclair warns Zathras not to tell his past self anything. Zathras is honored to meet him, but he can't say why. Mm-hmm. Sinclair and I shared him for a favor. Sheridan tells Garibaldi that they're going to Sector 14, and he sends Garibaldi home to B5, and that was the favor. Garibaldi couldn't know Sinclair was there. Oh, Garibaldi supposed to be there? Well, as we get into later, if Garibaldi came along, he'd either have to go back with Jeff and become some sort of um, aide to Jeff back in the past, or 
would die when he tries to go back to the future. So, oh, in a really yeah. <laughs> so in a really harsh way, uh, Jeff's just trying to save Garibaldi at this point. I like the way uh, Sheridan uh, tricks Zathras into promising to tell them all the stuff he's not <laughs> oh. supposed to tell them. <laughs> yeah, which pays off later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sinclair says goodbye to Garibaldi when Garibaldi leaves. And we flash back to that scene of Babylon 5 being destroyed. And it's weird how Garibaldi has more hair in the future than he does yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so in this <laughs> timeline, somewhere in the next eight days, Garibaldi gets a hair transplant or something. <laughs> it happened. Um, well, I think Zathras gave stabilizers to everybody. I, my notes say Garibaldi. Oh, well, that's the Garibaldi gets back to the station. That's another, that's an alternate timeline. Like Garibaldi gives him. Oh, yeah. Stop that premature aging so he can keep his hair, maybe. And (laughs) they head into the rift. Sheridan holds hands with Delenn and Sinclair smiles. Oh, God. Aww. Aww. (laughs) Garibaldi arrives home and Zach tells him about Sinclair. Garibaldi wants to know why Sinclair would come out there without saying anything. <laughs> He's Dude. just so crushed here. He really is. Yeah. My old buddy. So the White Star makes it out of the rift and they pick up the Shadow Allies taking a fusion bomb to be four. What are yeah. the Shadow Allies again? Basically, just, um, they're those aren't uh, allies. Those are just little shadow fighters. Yeah, they're shadow fighters that are doing it. But the ally, shadow allies are basically alien races who've um, sided with the shadows for one reason or another. And yeah. they may have access to some shadow tech, which is why I think you've got mini shadow fighters here. And they're the ones nice. doing the work. Yeah, like that race from a few episodes, a couple episodes ago, who had sided with them and then were turning against them. Oh, because like they, they didn't see another option, right? Or yeah. they wanted to be more powerful. Yeah, they think they can um, end up on the winning side by siding with the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, this whole thing about blowing Babylon Four really hints to the destruction of the other Babylon stations, I think. And I think, you know, the other three were sabotaged, you know, and they blew up for one reason or another. And I think that was work of Agents of the Shadows as well. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's never overtly stated, but it would make sense. Yeah. They'd recognise the design. And the Shadows were active at that point? Not the Shadows, but allies of the Shadows could have been. Well, they might have been active. Uh, they might have been. We, know. we know they were active five years before Babylon 5 went online. Yeah. When did they dig out that fighter? That's been a while. Yeah, that was that was five years before Babylon 5, I think. Okay. But the first of the Babylon stations did, was built before then as well. So, you know, it's hard to get the timeline straight sometimes. Uh, Garibaldi has a message from Sinclair. The White Star engages the enemy. We find out that the White Star learns from experience and it reflects away most of the energy from these attacks. Yeah, I have to <laughs> say that. Yes. 
it's Never a cool ex- little thing but they have a really bad little effect early on when um, Sheridan uses the mini display it's just mm, awful graphics and they could do mm-hmm. so much better on Babylon 5 I don't know why they did the nice. wireframe thing when they've got that cool display that they can bring down <laughs> they spend all their budget yeah, um, on that external shot of B5 they <laughs> <A> destroy. <laughs> oh, well, B4 and the um, Shadow Ships and everything else and Centauri Prime. Mem- seeing Membar, which was so cool, actually. I think Membar is just a really pretty planet. Yeah. I think we've seen that yeah. shot of Babylon Five getting destroyed before, haven't we? I think so. I think. Oh well, we didn't. First. We didn't see it being destroyed. We just saw the shadow ships coming in. I thought. Uh, oh, no, I thought was, one of the yeah. one of the telepaths had a vision, right? Not. Oh. Well, it was the um, Centauri seer. Yeah, and yeah. So yeah. now we know what she was seeing. She was seeing into an alternate future. Yeah, possibly. Um. So they destroy the fusion bomb, but in the blast, Sheridan's stabilizer gets hit and he disappears. <laughs> Zathras warns, but no one listens to Zathras. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sinclair. <laughs> this reminded me of the Tholian web. Uh-huh. What's that? Uh, that's a classic episode of the original Star Trek series. I haven't Kirk, gotten that. Yeah. Kirk's kind of floating around. <laughs> Still, it's a really great way to remove... Sheridan from the immediate um, situation and it allows Jeff to step up and um, take centre stage almost. Right. Yeah. I guess so. But, but you're not sidelining Sheridan here. He's got, mm-hmm. you know, but it makes it so that it. it makes it so that it makes sense that he's not there in the season one episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, really great writing. Sinclair says the mission is the most important thing right now, so they're going to do that. And then I was quoting Buffy. The mission is what matters. (laughs) Yeah. Sheridan awakens on Centauri Prime and is greeted by old Lando, Mm. who welcomes Sheridan back from the abyss just in time to die. (laughs) And this is where you should have ended this. Yeah. Yes. It's, It's really... This is only quibble I kind of have with the two-parter. Yeah. It's so minor. This is where you should have ended the first part. Yep. So. I have a note from the lurker's guy. It says, uh, he was responding to a question that Londo looks older, but Sheridan and Delane don't. Delane looked older to me, but Sheridan yeah. didn't. No, I think Sheridan did look older. It's yeah. hard to see, but there are there is makeup. His hair's grayer and he's got wrinkles. <laughs> yeah, he says, out in the light, you can definitely see the difference. Sheridan has gray hair and some lining of the face. And if you recall, Londo is much older than Sheridan to begin with. So that's why he looks a lot older. That's true. So the White Star goes to Babylon 4 and Sinclair says that Sheridan's going to be all right. He knows what's coming. I guess the letter explained everything. <laughs> Don't worry about uh, Sheridan when he disappears. He'll be back. Hmm. And um, it's nice that they switch between Membari um, and English. Um, yeah, I like. Yeah. Um, so this time thingy, uh, this time jump <laughs> thingy, it really only makes you go places where you're, where you are going to be, right? Like 
You yeah. have to jump into your future body or your past body. It, it, it's, it's kind of a quantum leap thing. You'll jump across <laughs> your own timeline. <laughs> or even more so lost with uh, Desmond jumping. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's that there yeah. as well. Again, and those things on their belts. Uh, Tarnator, because what's it? You've got, um, what's her name? Penny, uh, as uh, I can't remember the name of, um, the character she plays in Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles, but she's in that. Yeah, Michelle. Um, yeah. And Delenn, uh, of course, is in, uh, Lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go see Genesis where they pretty much throw the timeline out the window and uh, <laughs> start. You have you recorded that yet? No, we're recording that this week. I oh, haven't seen it. Get my feedback in then. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard mixed. Some people say it's better. Some people say it's new. Yeah. I well, haven't seen it yet um, though. Quick preview from my feedback. I always love time travel stories, and I yeah. Whenever <laughs> yeah. you involve time travel. You're usually on my side. <laughs> I think maybe in a couple years from now, I want to do a uh, intro cast on Continuum. Oh yes, it's time travel, <laughs> and it's on Netflix. Uh, I'm I'm waiting for the next series to come out because uh, they didn't cancel it. I'm sure they commissioned. Yeah, it's they... gonna be in September, I think. Oh, we've got to wait that long, but six episodes. Yeah, I think it's the last one, isn't it? Yeah, to finish the series, you know. Uh, cool. Yeah, they've got to include it because it just got better with everything. It's an awesome show. It's so, um, it's so like, it un- does, yeah, uh, underrated. It does time travel really well. And they got really bold with it, too. Oh, yeah. Like, some surprises, some of the stuff they do. Mm-hmm. But that's for so, the yeah. continuum <laughs> cast. Yes, 2017 <laughs> continuum cast. Oh. <laughs> the White Star goes, wait. Oh yeah, so yeah. Lando says he's gonna put Sinclair out of Lando. Uh, I think we've jumped to episode two, haven't we? Oh, not quite. We're almost Ooh. there. Oh yeah, Sinclair said that he finally knows what uh, his path is, and then Lando's gonna punish Sheridan. Whoa! Okay, see, this is where I got mixed up. Lando's gonna put Sheridan out of his memory. I said Sinclair, <laughs> and for his crimes of neglect and convenience. So apparently they drove away the shadows but didn't take care of the servants of the shadows and we see their handiwork Centauri Prime is burning. The servants, is that the allies? Allies or servants of the shadows, they're kind of interchangeable. Um, But yeah, this and then later on stuff we find out in this future flash to Centauri Prime, it really makes you intrigued for what's going to happen. You know, they're vague enough to get you excited for what's to come. Yeah, and I guess we they, don't really know if this is the actual future or an alternate or future, future or what this is. Yeah, right. yeah I mean, Sheridan even uh, doesn't quite isn't quite sure at the end of it, and you know he hopes he can change it, but maybe you know, yeah, you know, learning from it. But we don't know whether he can or not yet. It's just. Hmm. We don't know the rules of time travel they're abiding by in this yet. Mm-hmm. The White Star lands on Babylon 4 and our guys go on board. They figure out what they need to do and they all take off in different directions. That's the end of part one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, what up? It just ends on a nice quip from um, Jeff, though. Oh, part two. 
We find out that the Centauri paid when Sheridan abandoned them. It's been 17 years since Sheridan began his crusade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's been on <laughs> your war. I love the way uh, Londo calls it your war, and like, I mean, he's largely responsible himself for mm. all this stuff that happens. But then again, this is a performance at the moment. That's true. That's uh, very true. That yes. Uh, very true. So he's Lund- mixing truth and yeah. maybe convenient omissions yes. so that his keeper is happy. Yes. <laughs> that looks so Gross. But and then he said, like, you can't see it while it's awake, right? Hmm. Later? Yeah. That's why, like, because yeah. when I was watching it again, I was like, I don't see anything on his neck. <laughs> I was watching. Oh, it's creepy. He's creepy, but it's fantastic. <laughs> really? Yeah. So Leia Lando is coughing and sick like we've seen in the flash forwards before. Mm-hmm. Sheridan's going to be taken back to his cell, so the next time he's seen, he will die. Dun, dun, dun. Um, before we see the commander talking to his crew. And they got yeah. the cast from Babylon Squared back, which is really It's a little touch, but yeah, right. Yep, even the minor guys. Hmm. Yeah, background extras. Yep. <laughs> the explosion was thermonuclear, and he wants that blast area scanned. Uh, Susan and Marcus are talking. Marcus doesn't believe in luck, but Susan is stopped by the B4 crew, and Marcus has disappeared in the opening credits. <laughs> After the credits, Marcus and Susan take out the guys, and Marcus luckily opens up some panels. <laughs> that was great, yeah, too. Well, he doesn't believe in luck. Uh, no. On Centauri Prime, Sheridan is in pain. Sather's is bringing supplies on board before, and he sees Sheridan. Delenn and Sinclair are on the move. Delenn feels like someone walked over her grave. Sheridan is visited by Delenn in the future. She thinks it's future Sheridan. Uh, Delenn says that she didn't tell them anything. They can't harm her. Their son is safe, and that's all that matters. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Talk about knowing too much. Two big things here. Two huge things. First of all, son. And son, then what? Yeah, and then Sheridan's first kiss with Delane is with future Delane. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I think Anka was figuring out the kiss... That, and I think she figured out that y'all missed it by one episode, maybe, or even... Or something Who like that. By one episode. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe whoever really said that. I forget. Yeah. Yeah. But you've been um, predicting that they'll have a son for ages, and here it is. Daughter, I think we just said child. Oh yeah, you did say child. You did. You weren't specific, but still got the Morden prediction correct, Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the Morden prediction? he would be in the next episode <laughs> um Susan and Marcus set off an alarm and all the pressure doors are down and all four of them are on the move then in the future Sheridan explains he's not really there Delay remembers that Sheridan told her about this and she didn't believe him mm. and they talk and wars never excuse that little thing oh I you told me but I didn't believe you um, you didn't believe her husband. <laughs> they weren't married at the time. Okay. But they achieved what they set out and something that would endure for a thousand years. But oh, the price. 
And there's nothing he can do because um, oh, she was making like her normal like earnest. And they just yeah. give her normal lines. Like she just always have to be so earnest and like the price, John. The price. Yeah. price. <laughs> Still though, this is just a brilliant teaser for what's to come. And yes, yes. Oh, uh, it's she was fantastic saying, when you watch this after you've seen everything and you know what she's talking about. This, yeah, the only way you can stop this feature is by letting the shadows win, and that's too high a price. So the guards make Delin leave, and then Delin and oh, not leave, but she's take. uh, They're taking Delin and Sheridan before Lando. Lando's not standing because he's had a lot to drink. He's doing that to put his keeper to sleep. He was, yeah, because it can't be seen while it's awake. He he was putting it on a show earlier, but. Now he can speak freely. This is his chance at redemption, the end of his life. Yes, and redemption has been mentioned before in relation to Londo. Yeah, Lady Ladera. I think so, yeah. And, you know, she gave him three things he can do to gain redemption. Oh, I don't remember what were they. Oh, I can't remember. Um, save the one. eye that cannot see. But the um, one that's already dead. Yeah. Kill the one that's save, already dead. save the one that's already dead. And in the last, um, surrender yourself to your greatest fear. Oh, okay. So there's a ship, a hidden ship that they'll be taken to. All I know wants is that uh, they help free his people. And when they leave... That's all. <laughs> yeah, just... Just the entire planet. No big deal. Uh, when they leave, his old friend Jakar arrives, <laughs> and Lando oh. displays that Delin and Sherda won't make it out unless he dies before his keeper can alert the others, and he's tired of his life. <laughs> he's like, and would you like to die as well? Well, I think basically what happens is his keeper wakes up and he's forced to kill Jakar. Yeah, or his yeah. keeper makes him kill Jakar. Yeah, but still, we get new context for this death scene we've been seeing in Londo's dream for years now. It, it changes the context so much. Yeah. Now, Jakar has his eye patch. <laughs> sorry, I, Elizabeth. Oh, sorry. Um, do we know if this was original? I mean, how much did... I guess JMS already know about how he was going to use this scene, or did he just throw it in there and say, I'll figure uh, that out when I get there? No, no. Uh, this is the sort of thing I'm sure JMS had planned out in advance. This is just something he knew how he would play out. Um, because, yeah. He, well, he, he, knows, he knows the show isn't going to go on for another 17 years, so this is a uh, way uh, that we get to see some of these resolutions. Yes, yes, but he had planned out the arc already and had major plot points already planned out before he even, you know, pitched the series to networks. And I think this was one of them. I think, you know, the Jakar Londo dynamic and its final conclusion was a major plot point that he wanted in there. Sheridan starts being pulled back, and Delin sends a message back, part of which is. Do not go to Zahadun. Mm. Yeah. Which Kasha said as well, right? Or 
Oh, well, he said, if you go, if you go, go you'll die. die. You will you die. die. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to Zahadim, you will die. And Delenn says, do not go to Zahadim. <laughs> Which implies that he went, but yet he's still alive. Yeah. Lando and Jakar are dead, and Beer comes in and picks up the Emperor's crown. Hey! That means he's really a prophecy. First person to get the do. crown. It's like I was watching Deadwood last night, and Bullock picked up the badge, and he became sheriff pretty much. Just like picking <laughs> That's up how the it badge. <laughs> At least it's out of the order now. That's the Centauri. Uh, it's one of the Centauri rules, like laws. Whoever yeah. picks up the crown. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Drazi. It's the... the rule of finders keepers. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, Zathras is setting up a suit for Sheridan. They think he's crazy, but Sheridan does materialize. And this is while Susan's reminding the audience that Valen is a Minbari, not born of Minbari. That's <laughs> good. She yeah, <laughs> brought that up. A suit, that, re- a suit that looks like it's from 2001 Space Odyssey. Susan's doing some good, you know, exposition reminding us of facts this episode. This <laughs> is stuff we need to remember. So Sinclair... Oh, Sheridan. See, that's another time I missed him up. Sheridan is back and he's going to have to think about things for a while just like everybody else watching this episode for the first yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like five minutes of nothing so I can think. <laughs> yeah. Can we, can we just, like, have some... Maybe a little music. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Lynn's happy to see him. So Sinclair and Sheridan are moving the last piece into the central power core and B4 picks up an energy drop and there's a surge in tachyon particles Ooh, tachyons there's a surge in MacGuffin <laughs> Sheridan uh, is it Sheridan who disappeared and yeah Sheridan disappeared they stopped the station and somehow the somehow the time device was activated prematurely they went ahead four years so Things are just working out how they're supposed to, no matter what they do. Yeah, I think the time device went off prematurely because the B4 crew boosted power to the station. Okay. Yeah. Um, B4 people want to evacuate. There's another tachyon burst, and Delin has a flash to the future where she's in Sheridan's room Coid- and she's playing. Postcoital, clearly. <laughs> 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 she's playing with a snow globe, and someone enters. This is the most like, enigmatic flash we get. Mm-hmm. Now, the snow globe reminds me of something. Was it a callback to something? Yes, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Oh, Citizen <laughs> Okay. I thought they mentioned a snow globe at some point, sometime in this. I don't remember. Maybe I'm thinking of, I don't know. If you know. Yeah, so she dropped the snow globe. Right? Oh, dang it. I'm thinking of Terminator. <laughs> oh. The Terminator picked up that snow globe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. It's all late. It's all time travel. All connected. It's all time travel. Yeah. <laughs> back in the Fresno, but well, back, <laughs> well, back on B4. <laughs> back four years ago, or Sinclair is older, like in, like he was in Babylon Square. Yeah, it's a nice touch to match it all up. And just. You know, McGuffin and Wavium, the tachyon field yeah. is aging him. This is what makes me think that the original plan was to have a little bit longer of time. I don't know. I, I, it just seems like that would be like this is like something to get them to where 
they had been, but maybe that wasn't the original plan to have the tachyon particles be aging him. I don't know. Or maybe the effect like they that. put on um, the actor four years ago was a bit too much, you know. They tried to portray the fact he's older, but... Not just two years older, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oops. It's <laughs> <laughs> all things. Zathras <laughs> Z- <clears throat> might be able to fix Sheridan Stabilizer. He goes off with Ivanova and... Sinclair is going to go back to work on the power core. They have one last shot to make it work. I mean, if you think Z- so, <laughs> I have no idea. Zathras and Susan have a little talk about time, which I thought was funny. <laughs> Zath- uh, on the White Star, they pick up Sinclair and Garibaldi arriving two years ago. And Zathras gets caught by the B-5 crew while he's working. Yeah, nice. I have a note later, but I think it's a little bit of a contradiction to. But said it, well, yeah, because originally they say they picked him up before um, the weird stuff started happening. But right. maybe we're not seeing a lot of other weird stuff happening to the B four crew after um, they arrest Sathras, because there's a little bit of time we don't see. So. Plus, they're getting really confused with all the time flashes, so maybe they just can't keep track of events. Um, But I do like this scene between Zathras and Ivanova, and then how he's captured. It's just, yeah, conveniently, Ivanova manages to sneak away. (laughs) She was off doing something else, conveniently. Mm. Now, Heidi, you rewatched Babylon Squared, right? Yeah. Was there anything that didn't make sense, like comparing the two, or did it all flow pretty well? Um, I think it all it all flowed. My only questions, which I think were answered, was when does the Garibaldi thing happen? So you know, like, yeah, that had to be the alternate uh, timeline. And then my question was kind of like, did Sinclair actually prevent it, or is it would it still happen at <laughs> some point? But um, but yeah, I think I think that's probably the alternate timeline. Um, and then. They talked about a prophecy, and what were they talking about? Because now I can't even remember what they were talking about. Is this the um, Zathras thing? Um, I think Zathras... The way Zathras talks to old Jeff, uh, I mean, four years ago Jeff, not Uh the one, Um, the way he talks about what's going on makes it seem like it's a prophecy. In a way, it is for not the one because he's talking about events, you know, two and a half, three years in his future, four years ago. Yeah, four years ago, I should say. Okay. Mm. Um, but uh, other than that, like, I didn't really come up with any holes that I could see. My favorite thing, though, was an Ivanova quote when she said, well, if it does, this time I'm going and Garibaldi's staying here. Yes. JMS must have put that in there yeah. knowing, yeah, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> there, are, there are only two things that struck me as a little bit inconsistent, uh, but one of them we haven't gotten to yet in the recap, so I don't know if you want to wait on that or not. Yes. And <clears> I've <throat> probably got an excuse for that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> probably. He has a pad in front of him. He has a lot of things about this. <laughs> so we see some of the events we saw in Babylon Square. Ivanova 
reports this to the White Star. She's going to try to head to CNC before Commander's explaining what's going on to Pat Sinclair and Delenn sees a figure in an astronaut suit. Which More stuff. makes me think Doctor Who when you say it that way. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the suit very similar to what we get in um, David Tennant's era and they've used it again with Peter Capaldi but the only difference is one's a blue suit the other's an orange suit I still think it's a reference to Space Odyssey probably I, 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 I'm all, actually I might be completely wrong on this but I think they used the suit from Space Odyssey actually they did it. We talk I about the that? Same, yeah, uh, yeah. I thought the same thing for the longest time, but uh, when I looked it up and tried to find as many details as I could, it's not exactly the same. It looks a lot like it, but it's not exactly the same. Right. Maybe it was um, from uh, 2010, from the film it's 2010. Not, it's it's not. <laughs> I can't, it's just it's not. I think. I think. I think actually uh, I might have introduced that idea when Babylon 4 aired. I might have uh, sent that in as feedback, and All either, right, you, you know, either you guys or I, and, uh, <laughs> one of us, found out that uh, that that it wasn't exactly the same. Oh well, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to look like it. I'm pretty sure it was an intentional uh, reference. And then, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, more with Zathras. He knows that Pat Sinclair is not the one, so he's not going to talk. So Ivanova gets to CNC after the B4 crew evacuates and some more stuff with Zathras talking about the Great War and B5 is the great hope of peace. Basically, and then, that's Zathras' version of what Delenn told us in part one. Yeah. <laughs> um, the B4 crew sees the guy in an astronaut suit and Zathras says it is the one. <laughs> And President Sinclair does what he's doing, and Pat Sinclair touches the guy in the suit, the one. And Zathras gives him the stabilizer, tells everyone to leave. I think this is what we saw in Babylon Squared. Yeah. I think Marcus. you need it, actually. You know, it could be argued it's yeah. adding, but I think actually you need these events from um, Babylon Squared in here to give you context. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marcus finds Sheridan. He's just waking up. Someone must have put the stabilizer on him and switched places because his stabilizer isn't damaged. And the thing falls on Zathras, and Zathras tells him to leave. Sinclair, our present Sinclair, tells past Garibaldi to watch his back. But yeah. we've heard, guess we've heard <laughs> reference to Garibaldi watching his back because. Yeah, that Got was actually mentioned several times in um, season one. Watch your yeah. back, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Impression there. The Garibaldi doesn't hear because he's out of communication range. Right. Zathras knew the one would not leave him, and we find out it was Delenn in the suit this time. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nicely written, you know. From Babylon Squared, you're assuming it's Jeff. Mm -hmm. uh, and then yeah. when you get to this episode, you know Sheridan's jumping around in time, so you think it might be him. And then mm -hmm. finally, we're revealed it's Delenn in there. So, you know, even before Zathras's whole 3 1 speech, <laughs> yeah. you get that impression. You, you already are set up for that idea that the three of them are one. Ah, uh, the one. 
No one. <laughs> no one. Um, the White Star Sinclair is going to have to go back with B4. He knew he wouldn't be coming back because he's already done this and tells him about that letter from 900 years ago and Delin got one as well. They send Marcus and Ivanova off so the rest can talk. And Zathras explains that he's the oldest living caretaker of the machine. He knows stuff that even Drawl doesn't. Mm. Before so we get talks- into this, um, we've skipped over the... Um- reshot scene from Babylon Square where this time we see Delenn. Oh yeah, this guess he's right. Yeah, some yeah, it's one of the inconsistencies. Well, I think in the original version we, we heard her voice but we didn't see her or something. Yeah. We saw her arm. Saw her, yeah, we saw yeah, her hand. She, yeah, and she's wet, clearly wearing a different top in that. Yeah. Uh, later on. And so this is actually one of the things plus something else mentioned in another episode which forms into my theory I don't know whether I should go into it now or later <laughs> I can do it later <laughs> you, you have um, a theory? yeah about around the whole time travel thing and why yeah. the inconsistencies are there because of Skynet <laughs> <laughs> yeah sending people sending Terminators back um <laughs> So he talks about how he very long-windedly <laughs> explains <laughs> about the Minbar belief around three. Sinclair is the one who oh, was. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> Delin is the one who is. Sheridan is the one who will be. See, see, first there was you, then there was you, and then there was you. <laughs> you're the first one, <laughs> then you're the next one, and now you're coming next. You're the beginning of the story, <laughs> <laughs> you're the middle of the story. You're the yeah, I, I, it might be a long winded, but I like it. I really do because oh, yeah, I do. It's, 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 you just really had to drill it in three times. Yeah. Three, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah, but it really adds to Membari culture as well because we know that we hadn't already had, figured it out. Uh, uh, you, know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's not just that they're into triangles; they're into um, multiplications of three. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder where that came from because a lot of Membari culture is based upon the teachings of Valen. And so, he got it from, Dr- uh, from Zathras. From Zathras. Him right now. Yeah. <laughs> and Zathras got it from information on, on the Great Machine. So it's all circular. Forward. Yeah. The whole episode <laughs> is circular. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Predestination paradox. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. It's, it's still lovely because it kind of. It, you've got now a story within our story, you know. You've got the tale of the three who are one, the one, yeah. and you've got our our story of Babylon 5. Yeah. Didn't somebody... Oh, didn't the Vorlon say that uh, Sinclair is the circle that completes itself or something? Yeah. Yeah, he's the closed oh, circle. The closed circle, yeah. That's, that, yeah. Um, that's what and the f- Vorlon says in the beginning of part one, I think. Yes. Yeah. It's going back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which actually means two things. It means he's going back to the beginning of the cycle of being Valen, and he's also going back to Babylon 5, which is the beginning of Babylon 5 story, you know, the se- series. So awesome when the Vorlon dropped the mic and walked off the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, um, Sinclair says his goodbyes, and Delenn and Sheridan leave, and the White Star takes off to go home. The Temporal Rift closes thanks to Drawl, and Delenn says that the door is closed forever. But there's another door. 
a human had been found. Oh, I love your commentary because you got this about two seconds before, and then revealed it. <laughs> yeah. That's the nice thing about but, those commentaries because when I do that, just watching by myself, nobody knows it, and I'm just like all happy about it. But yeah, it's nice when it's uh, it's caught yeah, for everyone yeah, to hear. <laughs> Yeah, if a human had been found on B4, the Minbari would have never accepted it. So we see Sinclair uses the Triluminary, which Drawl must have sent up from Epsilon 3. Yes, because this is another thing. Well, this is another thing, because um, earlier, when when a Minbari gave, um, what's it, um, Delenn a Triluminary in Season 1, he said, we have three. Uh, of these, and we also find out at another point they found them a thousand years ago. Yeah, <laughs> which means they came with Balin, which means they that came means with Rock. Exploded. Another so, circular means, paradox. <laughs> yeah, but it means. But why would um, Zathras bring three along? You only need one, which hints at um, thing something that. Involved in my little theory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's another little thing for my theory, but it builds up. It really does. Stephen first accepted my friend request on Facebook. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. I'm friends with Veer. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna have to see whether you can get him on the show now. Oh man, I hate bugging. Somebody. No, yeah, well, you know <laughs> your friends, your friends now. Yeah, your friends That's now. How just... Robin gets everyone is just by. I know, them. just bugs. <laughs> Okay, um, so, yeah, he, we see some flashbacks to season one stuff with Sinclair, and 1,000 years ago, Samimbari finds Zathras aboard before. Flanked by two Vorlons. Yeah, he finds Sinclair, who has a Vorlon on each side, and he says he is now Balin, and they have a lot of work to do. Hmm. So where did these Vorlons come from? Where did the Vorlons come from? Well, given their Vorlons, I guess they have some access to scan the timelines or something and know they're supposed to be there. Um, I always like to think that one of them is Kosh, and Mm -hmm. the other one is the Vorlon we saw at the beginning on Membar. Yeah, I I thought that one was Kosh. So so back when... um, The one on the right... Specifically. Yeah, the episode where Kosh died was the interludes. Um, JMS did say that Kosh is old enough to have first-hand knowledge of Phelan. Mm. And if you remember back in the pilot episode, this was the TNT remake of the pilot, when Kosh first arrives on the station and he greets Sinclair, which turned out to be a fake Sinclair, but Kosh said, until Zah, Phelan... That line was added in for the TNT remake. Yeah. But, yeah. Which is slightly spoilery, but. Yeah, it's like. And you did, didn't pick up on it, which is. Well, you did, but you didn't know what it meant. So. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was like. Did Kosh spoil Sinclair on. Was he spoiling Sinclair <laughs> on his future? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that doesn't seem to be an issue in, in this show. Nobody seems to care yeah. if they're telling somebody their future. <laughs> but also, this really. How, you know, Jeff is Valen, Sinclair is Valen. It's one of those big spoilers we've been 
hiding from you, but it's fantastic. Yeah, like every time we talk about Valen, I'm like, oh, just wait. And Valen, in Valen's name. Yeah, but Valen made a load of prophecies, which is basically him remembering the future. Right, yeah. So all those prophecies that Len was being guided by are... He's basically Sheridan remembering Delenn doing those things. Well, no, so, Sinclair. Sorry, Sinclair. <laughs> that's, why that's why I've been saying Jeff all this episode. Yeah, yeah. It didn't uh, work. No, it didn't work. <laughs> but basically, this is another circular thing. So, Jeff remembers Delenn going through with all these prophecies, changing herself, breaking the Grey Council, other things, and then goes back in time as Balin. And writes them down as prophecies, which <laughs> yeah. then, guides which then makes to... them happen. Yes, which you would think that would give her like a crisis of faith or something, you know, mm-hmm. to learn that it was just everything was that just already him. happened. Yeah. Well, maybe it will. There's still show left. I mean, yeah. she doesn't know that it, that Sinclair is Valen until now, until this episode. So, I guess we'll yeah. see what happens next. <laughs> but. Uh, I'm, I've forgotten about the remake thing. To what extent did they remake the pilot? Did they just add some... some... They added voiceovers um, and recut a few things. That's, and added... Um, sorry, added um, new music, basically. Huh, okay. I'd forgotten that. So, yeah, you wanted to tell your theory... Okay, right. But... Well, I go. I gotta run for a second. I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> Should well, you tell your theory first, or should I point out the uh, the inconsistencies? And you, point out uh, the inconsistencies, and okay, then my only, theory should cover them. Okay, there's only two things that seemed a little hinky to me, which otherwise I thought this was an amazing episode for continuity, because I love things that play into continuity and show and seem to indicate that the whole thing was you know planned out. But the only things that seemed a little hinky to me were uh, well, the first thing was. Uh, Garibaldi's uh, flashes of fighting creatures, uh, presumably shadows, that were uh, breaking into Babylon 5, and uh, Sinclair remembering the same thing. And it, it really seems like the reason he doesn't want Garibaldi to go with them is because of that flash of seeing Garibaldi on Babylon 5 fighting shadows. But I don't really see what that would have to do with whether Garibaldi went with him or not. Because, I mean, that's on Babylon 5, and if they're successful, that's never going to happen. So, Well, okay, before you go on, I can cover that. I think, yeah, that's part of his reasoning. But the other part is the fact that he knows if Garibaldi goes with him, Garibaldi will die due to the effects of the tachyon field. Oh right, because he'd right. already been through it before. Because he yeah. would have, yeah. Because uh, Sinclair would have died because of the, because they covered that. So. Right. Yeah, and I don't think Garibaldi would want to go back a thousand years ago and become a mm-hmm. Membari. Oh, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. It just seems like from the context that the that he has that flashback to Garibaldi fighting stuff right before he says, uh, "Yeah, you can't, uh-huh. you can't come uh-huh. back." Uh-huh. Can't go with me because if you did, blah, I, blah, blah. I, I'd say I think that is kind of driving his emotions, uh, his um, reasons and emotions to make sure this happens properly and uh-huh. that alternate future doesn't happen. Yeah, and the only other thing that seemed a little hinky to me was at the end of 
um, Babylon Squared. And also we see it again in this episode when we have uh, old Sinclair pulling his helmet off and saying, I tried to warn them, but it all happened just like it did before. It really doesn't seem like what he originally would have said was, watch your back, Garibaldi. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that is a inconsistency based on, you know, what the original plan for Sinclair was basically being the main um, commander of Babylon 5 and things had to change slightly so that line doesn't quite work as well as it originally did so that doesn't come anywhere near my theory but everything we mentioned before about the other inconsistencies like the lens closed and the fact that we've got three triluminaries um, this actually is a time loop theory I think because um, I reckon actually that each time they travel back in time they're um, creating a new timeline actually and the original timeline is actually the one where Babylon 5 gets destroyed so what I'm re- I reckon in the original timeline that we don't see Babylon 5 gets destroyed someone realises that's because actually the shadows are too strong and okay oh we've got the station Babylon 4 we could send back in time and um, for one reason or another that happens which creates the first time and the um, first triluminary goes back and somehow for some reason triluminaries are immune to timeline changes so each time the loop happens you get a triluminary showing up um, that's why you've got three originally. Now it's going back. And the next time through, there'll be four triluminaries. Um, um, and also, that's why the lens clothes are slightly different. Because in the last pass-through of events, Delen, for some reason, was wearing different clothes. <laughs> and that's my theory. <laughs> so so where where is the uh where why do the does an extra triluminary show up each time? Um tachyon reasons basically. Oh. Oh, I'm saying basically for some reason they're immune to uh, you know changes in the timeline. So each time Babylon 4 shows up um a, the triluminary gets duplicated so first time through there's just one of them then there's two then there's three now there'll be four so does that mean in the previous iteration when there was only two the Mimbari evolved to really like the number two I don't <laughs> think it's got anything to do with that exactly but it's, it's a, <laughs> okay. I think I think it's the um, the reason why there's three in this version is just because it makes um, nice sense in the themes of the show that there's three times you know, it's it's the Watson and Doyleist um, way of reading things. You know, um, uh-huh. Doyleist reading of it is that right? JMS wanted the Membari to have their culture based around threes, so there are three triluminaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Watson, sorry, here yeah, in the Watsonian reading of it, um, the events of the universe just so happen to be that the version of events we're viewing have three triluminaries in it. Previous versions of the timeline didn't. Hmm. It's my theory. It's only a theory, but it yeah. makes sense of all the inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Pretty good. Mm. 
do have a note about that voice at the door. I don't think I want to say anything right now, though. But the voice at the door. Um, that Delenn here. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, um, I've got so, I think about the episode that we didn't touch on. I like the fact that the design of the um, Membari ships a thousand years ago are significantly different, but thematically are very similar to modern Membari ships. Yeah. Sure. Kind of longer. Yeah. Um, I, I get the impression that this pointier. time... Well, yeah. I, 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 we never see inside the ships, but I've got this feeling that at this point... Um, they their ships didn't have artificial gravity. Uh, Why? It's a, well, it's a thousand years ago, and the amount of impact Valen had on their culture. I just feel like, um, and the fact that they, uh, at this point, I think Vorlon's got involved heavily in Membari culture. They took a bit of Vorlon tech and managed to figure out how to create artificial gravity. It's only a so, bit of head cannon. It's so a bit of Valen created artificial gravity and video cameras because that's how they got the shot a thousand years ago of that battle. No, no, they had the video cameras before. They had the video of the ship, of the base getting destroyed before Babylon 4 showed up, so he didn't invent video cameras. No, he didn't. No, because he was still there a thousand years No, but they had visual records of the old Membari station which was actually rotating that's another reason why I think these ships didn't have because ah, the old Membari station was rotating and the only reason why you would have it rotating is to create artificial gravity yeah, yeah. That's, it's just, that's better, I like that it's like that, that the um, CG artists put in which kind of I then write into my head cannon. <laughs> yeah, JMS was talking about that first kiss um, he just you know, over and over leading up to it, he just kind of had it where they just kind of never quite getting to it. And then when he finally did it, it was the first kiss for one of them, but not for the other one. Right. He just thought it's going to be unconventional. That's why I said I wasn't sure if it counted. Did <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sinclair's departure from the show cause any changes? Was it originally meant to go into the future? No, B4 was never intended to go to the future. The aging was done. Oh, he said that though at the time of the airing. Since then, I've heard things. I mean, I could be a little bit wrong on this, but I'm fairly certain on it that uh, I've heard that actually the original intention when he was pitching the idea that it was too serious linked by the fact that Babylon 4 got sent into the future. The aging was done pretty much as intended. And the Soul Hunter meant they're using him to create their old leader. Steel tracks. I don't know what that <laughs> Steel tracks. It's still S T I L L. Oh, still. Still, still makes sense. Yeah, still makes sense. I have more to say. Um, so, yeah, Dylan used her stabilizer. The Chris, the Triluminary came from, came up with Zappers from Epsilon 3. How long did Sinclair live after going back? He lived close to a hundred years. Dang. Well, a Mimbari live longer than humans. And yeah, and genetically altered. Hey, well, we, I don't think you we already get really that idea. Yeah, they, you actually get that idea at the very beginning of the whole. Rathen basically says, 
this has been in a vault for nearly 900 years. Mm-hmm. No, he said just over 900 years. So we knew um, they said Babylon for a thousand years ago. So you, there, that states how long Vainum probably lived. I uh, guess. I mean, or yeah. they're just like a thousand years is a nice round number. Right. <laughs> because we're not going to count 967. Yeah. And are these Earth years or Minbari years? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Valen didn't have any children. There's some differences of opinion over exactly what his final fate was. There's some legends about Valen returning someday. So far, they've been only legends. Well, actually, no. The legend actually did come true because he was they born. found <laughs> Jeff. They found... I just don't see uh, Sinclair prophesying about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, you would have, but legends build up, and this legend just happened to be true. And the Vorlons probably propagated this legend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, um, Zathras is there in the past, you how he can accidentally let things slip. <laughs> <laughs> the Valen aspect was set up in the first season long before anything was decided about Michael O'Hare. And then there's inconsistencies, which I guess y'all talked about when I was gone. Um, there is one other inconsistency, but that's just down to writing. That when they uh, talked about... <laughs> Two thousand years ago, um, Linnea did, but I think that's just inconsistency in the writing, which is very odd for um, JS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the one, um, shall I say how Zathras referred to the one as male, but it was Dulin in the suit? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's. Uh, yeah. Robot voice. Oh, uh, you're breaking yeah. up again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any quotes? I already said. Oh, loads of quotes. Oh. I mean, most of them are from Zach. Give me a second. I'll bring up my main one, though. The only one I wrote down was the one about the closed circle. <laughs> uh, um, uh, the, the one that I wrote down was uh, Sheridan. That's circular reasoning. Encapsulated the whole thing. This episode's about circles and not triangles. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> quote is: "You cannot run out of time. There is infinite time. You are finite. Zathras is finite. But this is wrong tool. No, no, <laughs> no. Never use this." <laughs> I got another Zathras one. Um... It's uh, <laughs> it's where they ask him if he understands. He's like, yes, yes, I understand. No, no, I don't understand. <laughs> but good at doing. Zathras, <laughs> not so good at understanding, but good at doing. <laughs> I mean, I've got loads of I'll go ahead. Um, yes, yes. Zathras is used to being beast of burden to other people's needs. Very sad life. Probably have very sad death. But at least there is symmetry. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's another great Zathras quote. I like to go for a uh, Marcus quote because Marcus had another great quote in this. Captain, if I were you, I thought I was ahead. Back in Menbar, there was a saying among the other rangers. The only way to straight answer out of ranger one was to <laughs> turn upside down from a ceiling. 
There's some tachyon particle stuff going on here. Uh, yeah, there is. I'll, I'll, I'll try <laughs> that again then. <laughs> Captain, if I move a quick whilst I was ahead, back on member, there was a saying amongst the other rangers the only way to get a straight answer out of Ranger 1 was to look at every reply era whilst hanging upside down from the ceiling. Did it work? Oddly enough. Or after a while, you passed that and had a vision. Either way, the result was pretty much. <laughs> oh, what I was going to say, I do have um, one uh, other Zathras quote, I think. Uh, just, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here, sorry. I'm... Oh, yeah, Zathras, yeah. Um, that quote um, is quite mad, they say. It is good that Zathras does not. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, Ian, we're only getting about every third word. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, let's try again. Wow. No. No, it's good. <laughs> yeah, let's try. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's resolving that. I was going to say, uh, I did wonder. Okay, how oh, is my right. signal now? Ah, sounds good. Okay. Sounds different. Um, oh, well, probably clearer, hopefully. Um,. Did you get my uh, Marcus quote at least? Yes. No. Uh, oh. Okay. Yes. Well, yes. yes. We got that one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Zathras quote then. Yes. Quite mad they say. It is good that Zathras does not mind. Is even going to like it. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Uh, it's not quote related, but I was kind of wondering if uh, uh, earlier in the episode they uh, the guys running Babylon 4 talk about something about the time tracks system and I was wondering if that was a reference to the the series yeah, time the tracks was, uh, <laughs> it was on the same network as yeah, yeah. yeah it might have been oh, I've got, <laughs> I, I do actually have a final quote it's the um, Jeff and Delenn interchange ready why do your people always ask if someone is ready right before you're going to do something Massively unwise. <laughs> Tradition. End of part, end of part one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be <laughs> so how about our characters of the week? Who is our human of the week? Jeff Valen Sinclair. My human and alien are the same person. Oh. Mine too. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. No, 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 no. Alien okay. is clearly Zathras. But, but this is the only opportunity for this, and so I both declare on both. Just too good. <laughs> uh, I was thinking Zathras, but now I'm convinced. Yeah, yeah. It's the only it's the only opportunity to do it, I suppose. <laughs> okay. So human is Jeff. Human Jeff. Um, alien Valen, but they're both the same person. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> All right, let's do ratings. You want to start us out, Drano? Uh, I think this is about as good as it gets. I mean, it's not perfect. Yeah. Nothing's perfect. Uh, but, you know, as good as it gets, I'll give it a 10 out of 10. Uh, damaged time stabilizers. All right, how about you, Heidi? Um, of course, this has to be a 10 out of 10. It was amazing. <laughs> Um, 10 out of 10, uh, future, uh, 
future babies named David. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Beth? Um, yeah, I mean, I have to give it a 10 out of 10. So this is not my favorite type of time travel, I have to say. Like, I don't like the time travel that you have to do it because it happened in the past. I prefer the changing the past time travel. But other than that, minor quibble, uh, yeah, 10 out of 10 um, neck growths with eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they did change the past. They changed the lens top. That's yeah, right. There you go. Uh, okay, they changed yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Ian? How could I not rate this 10 out of 10? This is fantastic. It's a brilliant three-parter. And a three-parter spread over three seasons. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And it really is what got me into loving Babylon 5. And I think, actually, it's what got me to really love time travel stories. I liked them before I saw this, but I absolutely loved them afterwards. Mm-hmm. And Zathras is a fantastic character. Yes, he is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the minor problems with this story are so minor they don't matter and I created head cannon to cover most of them <laughs> I have nothing wrong with this story if I could rate higher than 10 I would um, and I don't know how high over 10 it would be but it would um, so it is it's 10 out of 10 Zathrises. <laughs> that, that could be, could be, yeah, could be that's right. <laughs> uh, yes, fantastic. It is my favorite story of the whole of Babylon 5, and Ooh. it's what got me into loving Babylon 5. Wow, yeah, I think y'all know what I'm gonna say. I love time travel, <laughs> and I think they did it right in this episode. I loved how they connected everything with Babylon Square to this. And, you know, I hate that the first time I started watching this show, I didn't see this. I know it was around the end of season three, so it must have been one of the last few episodes. But, yeah, it's one of my favorite stories in Babylon 5. So I'll finish this by giving it 10 out of 10 closed circles. I've just got to add, it's a fantastic way to send off Jeff Sinclair and the actor Michael O'Hare. It's just they didn't have to do this, but they did. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, you guys had us convinced that like the whole thing was just dropped and uh, never (laughs) seen again. However, a season one guest did actually spoil you that this was going to happen. That we would see him again. Oh, but I didn't hear it. That's right. That and the way that I interpreted it was not was not yeah. the way that he said it, I'm sure. <laughs> mm. Um Well yeah. at, at some point you see him on a video screen. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You saw him again. <laughs> I yeah. think that I think that the one that I remembered that he said was something about that you won't even um you won't even see this again or get the conclusion of this until like the end of season three. And uh, that's okay. the one that I remembered. And yep. I was like, what? Uh, uh, here it is. It's just, <laughs> yes, he spoiled it, but you had no idea this was coming. Right. Yeah. So let us take a space station back in time oh. to feed Backland. First, we have a comment from board 99. 
Board says, War Without End. Everyone thinks that this is one of the series' triumphs, and everyone is right. <laughs> WWE, no, not the world, not World Wrestling Entertainment. <laughs> WWE had to pull off something really formidable. It didn't just have to be a satisfying counterpart to Babylon Square. It didn't just have to adjust everything implied in Babylon Square to suit a series in which Sinclair was no longer a central character and make it all seem seamless. It also had to manage to find an ending for Sinclair that would work as the conclusion to the story of a character whose story had once pretty much been the story of the whole show. And WWE had to be a good story in itself, which it is. On top of that, JMS piles on stuff that doesn't have to be in this pair of episodes. We finally get de- the details about what's really going on in Londo's vision of, of his future death from all of the way back in Midnight on the Firing Line. And it simultaneously satisfies as the conclusion to that little piece of business, as well as providing a whole host of other details about the future that give impetus to the story of B5 as a whole from this point on. Also, the ambassadors have communicated their frustration with the slow pace of the Sheridan-Delin relationship. (laughs) But for me, it was worth it to hold the first kiss back to this particular context. It's between War Without End and Severed Dreams for my second favorite story of the whole series. Thank you, Board. Yeah, thanks, Board. What's his first favorite, or do we not know that yet? Oh. I can't remember if he said that or not. I think he may have already said it. I just don't remember. It's probably between oh. those two for my first favorite. <laughs> Several dreams in this two-parter. Well, I've already uh, been really enthusiastic about this. You know this is my favorite. And I consider it a three-parter. Babylon Squared and this story, it's one story. Mm-hmm. Next we have from Lori and Carl, and I think this may just be part one. I think they have two separate emails. <laughs> so who wants to do this one? I can take it. Okay. Okay. Mostly Carl's commentary from while watching with some of my thoughts thrown in. Upon seeing Sinclair, OMG, he won the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> After the Vorlon says, he is the closed circle, he is the beginning, Carl states that he hates this new Vorlon. So why do you think the Vorlon is on Mimbar? Carl thought that perhaps he was an ambassador. Oh, interesting. Sinclair sounds like a Vorlon. Makes us think of Kosh. Tears. Yay, Zathras. Carl says he really likes Zathras. Future Ivanova is very scary. What kind of weird time travel thing is this? The land stands very close to Sheridan. Lots of issues of trust brought up. Carl thinks they... <laughs> Carl thinks they are already vain. <laughs> Carl said B4 right before Sheridan did, and he and also the fusion bomb. Londo in the future is still a douchebag. <laughs> Carl's only somewhat serious predictions. Sinclair will become a Vorlon. <laughs> Kosh was Sinclair's source. The Len will stay on B4 based on earlier flashback scenes. Centauri future is not real and will not come to pass. It will be changed. I kind of with you on that last one. I like the uh, the Sinclair will become a Vorlon. Like, like maybe Sinclair is Kosh ultimately. Yeah. So uh, that's well, it's still it's very, you know, it's, <laughs> he could transition from Valen into Kosh. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There you go. He just becomes every main race at some point. <laughs> Our well, favorite. Oh, you, sorry. You, sorry, I was going to say you just have to be worried if he becomes a Drazi. Yeah. But yeah. 
I like just like the implication of uh, Sinclair as as Koch hanging out on Babylon Five in season one with himself. So. Yeah, <laughs> just trolling himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Until Zav Daily, that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's me. Um, our favorite quote: Zathras. Yes, yes. Oh, this is the one I said about. Yeah, Ivanova. I'll be in the car. <laughs> Carl's oh, yeah. rating. Rating two. To be continued, compared to recent episodes, and it left off very abruptly. Hard to rate a two-parter. Uh, favorite set where they watch the secret film. Quote. <laughs> ship. Uh, favorite ship. Little Shadow Pumpkin Ship. Carl thought they looked like pumpkins. <laughs> the black pumpkin. Favorite temporal distortion. Ivanova's cry for help. Favorite plot device. Flashbacks. Favorite human. In the flash, maybe scene, guy who pushes Sinclair away from Garibaldi. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite alien, Carlos now boycotting due to cautious death. Oh. <laughs> For Lori, the rating is 9 out of 10 broken time stabilizers. Favorite human is Sinclair, and favorite alien is Zathras. And is that just for part one? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, now part two. Part two, yeah. <laughs> part two is right after that. Oh, okay. Uh, our commentary for part two. Yay, Ivana. Oh, no, wait. Is this not the right one? Am I looking at something different? I don't know. I can't tell what you're looking at. It says... Hello, ambassadors, commanders, and visitors. Sorry about the two sets. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I just skipped to our commentary for part two. Sorry. (laughs) Yay, Ivana and Marcus. Carl says they are totally going to get together. Team one, team two. They need better names. Glenn and Sheridan have a son. Carl says that he was right. We get the kiss. Does it count as in the future? <laughs> That's what our question is. Who is the closest to being right? Glenn mentions having to pay a great price. What is it? Carl says OMG when seeing Londo in the future. I did <laughs> see how far in the future it was from the Lurker's Guide, but will not share in case it gets too spoilery. I think they said 17 years, right? Londo yes. said 17 years, yeah. 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 Poor Londo. I did feel a lot of sympathy for him, but Carl did not. He was clever at always as always in the end. Carl assumes that the Keepers are there picking up over the spoils after the Shadows are defeated. Question for the newbies. Did Londo achieve his redemption? Did his ending tie into any of Lady Morella's prophecy? Ah, uh, well, I think I think Ian mentioned that one. Well, hmm. that's the thing. It's still up in the air. Still question. It's up in the air, the yeah. Prophecy. It's a question but, for the noobs. Yeah. Since I didn't remember the prophecy, I'm going to have to say, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Delenn and Sheridan did not see it coming that Londo would spare them. Where will they go next? Oh, good question. Where would they have gone? There was a gasp when Jakar comes on the scene, though Carl thought him having an eye patch was a trope to explain the passage of time. <laughs> there was lots of clapping for everything said by Zathras. Where is Delenn when she goes into the future? Who says hello from the door? I want predictions. Mm-hmm. When Sinclair appears back on B4 and he is older, and they talk about the accelerated aging. Carl called that Sinclair will go back in time and become Valen. The Membari uh-huh. not born of Membar. When did the ambassadors figure it out? Well, there is a commentary record of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who do the three represent in terms of worker, religious, and... Uh, she says worker, but... Warrior, it, warrior yeah. Um, we thought that Sheridan is the warrior, and Sinclair is a religious... But that would make Delenn the worker. 
So they brought back the issue. Oh, um, yeah, that, that's a hard one. I don't know if it's supposed to be. Do you think it's supposed to be all? I'm, I'm not sure. It's hard because like, Len is actually uh, off the religious cast. So you yeah. seem to be the best fit for religious. Yeah. But and then, I think Sheridan's the warrior. Yeah. I think Sheridan's and without a Sin- doubt the warrior. So Sinclair is the worker in this yeah, scenario. Well, Sinclair is actually a very practical character, which mm-hmm. is, you know, something you imply, you know, of a worker. Yeah. yeah. I think that fits better. But I that think. doesn't mean Valen is of the worker cast. It means Sinclair is. Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we're not actually supposed to compare them. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we're not, but it's a nice comparison to have. The worker cast is Zathras. Of course, yes. Who my my wife pointed out looks exactly like a character from the Neverending Story. Oh, I think I'm uh, on Yeah, something called the no. Night, Night Hob or something. Yeah, something like that. But he's kind of like a gnome, isn't he? I think so. I can't remember exactly. Mm. She was more familiar with it than I. I was. Oh, when I was younger. Uh, the wolf in that really scared me. <laughs> <laughs> I was very young. So. Uh, okay, moving to the email. Um, so they brought back the issue of the Membarian human souls. I know you were... Okay, yeah, let the, okay, I have a question. I do have mm-hmm. a question. That's a great payoff. Yep. What, yep. Originally, did, didn't they say it was like 2,000 years? Yeah, I said this earlier. It's a... What, it's the one writing consistency that doesn't kind of work out, but I verge it in saying um, that Lanier got some information wrong. It is a thousand years ago it happened, but for some reason Lanier thought, thinks it's 2,000 years ago. Well, it's, it's a thousand Mimbaro years, 2,000 uh, Earth years. Oh! <laughs> nice <Yeah>. workaround. <laughs> Okay, so it was just a, a mess, mistake, or were they originally going for something else? Do you know? Uh, Sorry, my dog's like that's that wolf running. <laughs> run. <laughs> no, no, that. I'm, hey, I'm sure Dexter. That, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. Dexter. It's not um, Reese. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Reese doesn't uh, growl like that deeply. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought you was ground because he detected a Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> He's sleeping, probably. So was that? So we don't know if that was like something where they were planning on something else to do with these souls, but then you know what I mean, like with uh, the two thousand years. I I I don't know exactly what went on there, but it, 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 it's a mistake <gasps> we've got to live with somehow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I know you were all concerned it would never be addressed, but in true JMS fashion, it was. Where the chrysalis came from is alluded to in the show, but it is hard to see and it is explained in the Lurker's Guide. I will let Will and Ian explain. Back on Minbar, a thousand years ago, Carl spotted the two Vorlon ships coming in with B4. Why were they there? Huh? Yeah, the two Vorlon ships and the Vorlons on the station. Somehow they just knew to be there. <laughs> oh, okay. they, te- they probably detected the Tachyon oh, yeah. field yes. and came in to investigate, saw what was going on, and decided to help. Okay. <laughs> mm. Carl has a question. How long has Great Machine been in existence? They say 500 years. Did they? It's as long as I would have yeah. thought. 
Yeah, the Grant Machine has been there for 500 years, so it's not been there as long as the whole time loop thing, but it's been there quite a while. Uh, quote, Londo, I have had considerable to drink, dot, 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 and the rest mm-hmm. of uh, Carl's favorites are favorite set, throne room, favorite trope, after all these years, dot, 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 favorite ship, Borlon ship on the left, <laughs> favorite <laughs> wooing, Ivanova and Marcus flirting, rating is four age-controlling parasites, <laughs> And favorite human is security guard left. <laughs> favorite alien is blank because he's still in protest, I guess. Well, no, no, he he can have um, Kosh because Kosh is in this episode. I mean, that's our that's our speculation. Yes, so okay, yeah. we'll, we'll put Kosh on there for him. Yeah, well, it looked like Kosh. Pretty sure that was Kosh. I'm fairly certain he was Kosh. <laughs> oh, boy, last of Yeah. That's racist. <laughs> no, it's different. It's speciesist. Yeah. <laughs> rating is ten out of ten. Time jumps. Favorite human Sinclair and favorite alien is Zathras. Thank you, Lori and Carl. As always. As always, brilliant feedback. Yep, yep. I'm gonna paste this for John. Sweet. Where are you uh, pasting? In Skype. Okay. Ready. Just a second. It's coming. <gasps> Type message here. Wow. No, wait, that's me. <laughs> oh, that's really brilliant feedback. Thank you. <laughs> Type a message here. <laughs> I hate Google Docs. Sometimes. Heidi writes, BRB, keep going. <laughs> Back. <laughs> Ian sends us a message this week. He says, be back in a sec. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, behind the scenes. Thank you for that feedback. Heidi. <laughs> nice to have faithful listeners like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is from Yarsto. Aha. Okay. Uh, Yarsto uh, says, Greetings, down below casters. Here's my feedback for a war without end. I love this episode, and it's a big one. Not just because it's a two-parter, but also for the amounts, scroll down, for the amount space and time we cover. We go from Babylon 5 to Mimbar to Sector 14 to Centauri Prime, and from a thousand years ago to 17 years in the future. Not to mention a communications link from an alternate future. And on top of all that, Sinclair reappears, and so does Zathras. It's hard to do this episode justice because of the enormous amount of information it gives us. We find out pretty much the full story behind the disappearance of Babylon 4 and where it went. We discover the true identity of Valen. We find out more about Londo's premonition about his own death. I even think that this is the first time we get a definite age for the Great Machine, which, as it turns out, is about 500 years old, so it wasn't around during the last Great War. And, of course, we get to see the first kiss between Sheridan and Dylan. Or rather, we get to see... (laughs) Or rather, we get to see... I thought you were going to say first kiss between Sheridan and Valen. (laughs) (laughs) that's slash fic isn't it (laughs) that happens uh, later Um, that's uh, a very different trinity of 
the three are one. Yeah, you're the one who. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the the first kiss between Delenn and Sheridan, or rather, we get to see Sheridan's first kiss with Delenn in a way, given the fact that he's in a flash forward at the time. So technically, we haven't seen Delenn's first kiss with Sheridan yet. I'm confused. <laughs> looking, looking at some smaller stuff, we now know why we only heard Delenn and saw a hand in Babylon Squared. They didn't want to give a spoiler for the hair. And we yeah. see Veer. Hmm? I was just going to say, yeah. Yep, yep, yep very true, it. yep. <laughs> and we see Veer pick up the Imperial Crest after Londo's death. Questions. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> Questions. When future Delenn says, in Valen's name, shouldn't she just say Sinclair or even Jeffrey? Yeah. In Jeff's <laughs> name! <laughs> <laughs> and given Ivanova's way of sneaking into CNC, do you think she's been taking hiding just around the corner lessons from Jakar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, with the whole Invalen's name thing. The Babylon Project has a great thing for that because after this point they refer to it as Sweet Mimbari Jesus! <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's basically Mimbari Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Quotes. Zach, will you be staying long, Sinclair? That is a far more interesting question than you might suspect. You sound more Yes, They're all told Zathras what to do, so Zathras will do. And Delenn, we must leave for Sector 14 now. Sheridan, why? Why right now, Delenn? Because this is the time we are supposed to leave. Sheridan, that's circular reasoning. <laughs> <laughs> Sheridan. Yes, that's our whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sheridan, Delenn, the question of who stole Babylon 4 is the biggest mystery of the last decade. Now you're telling me it was me? <laughs> is me? It's going to be me? You can't be serious. <laughs> yeah, now they solved that mystery, you've got the second greatest mystery of who stole Jakar's spoo. His spoo? Yeah. Yeah, his spoo, you know, the alien delicacy that looks like Swedish meatballs. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I did forget about that. Uh, oh, future Londo, welcome back from the Abyss, Sheridan. Your timing, as always, is quite exceptional. Just in time to die, Mr. Bond. Glenn, <laughs> <laughs> our son is safe. Future Londo, you will excuse me if I do not stand. I have had considerable to drink. <laughs> Excellent impression. Excellent impression. Zathras. <laughs> uh, no one ever listened to Zathras. Quite mad, they say. It is good that Zathras does not mind. He's even grown to like it. Future Londo, we have unfinished business between us, Jakar. Let us make an end of it quickly. I am as tired of my life as you are. <laughs> oh, oh. Zathras, not the one. Marcus. Not the one. <laughs> so here, if you're here, who's running around out there in a the blue suit? Characters of the episode. 
human. Sinclair slash Balin still counts as human the same way Delenn still counts as alien. Alien. Zathras, to make up for no one ever listening to him. <laughs> Honor honorable mentions, Mondo yeah. and Jakar, for reminding us of the third principle of sentient life. Well, that's that, the principle to constantly disagree and kill each other. Uh, <laughs> rating. <laughs> rating 17 out of 17 years of future time jump. And that's Jarsto from the Netherlands. Thank you. Yeah. Thank oh, you, thanks, Josh. Thanks, Rainer, for an excellent reading. <laughs> yeah. That's where I love feedback. <laughs> okay. So I take, I'm taking Ankers then. Yes. Okay. So she starts out. This is the one, the one episode or story all of us wanted to guest on. I could only imagine. This is the story with the most requests to be the guest. <laughs> well, how many um, requests did you get? Were, uh, I mean, I think this may be like third or fourth this season. Oh. Interludes had the most this season, but I think wow. when it came down to record, nobody was available or something like that. That was the Father's Day. Oh, man. So, ah, bad, bad timing. Sorry. But oh, yeah. this episode really should have gotten more requests. But that's just because I love it. <laughs> yeah. I think it was the okay. second on my list. She goes on to say, this is the one. No, the two episodes where Heidi and Elizabeth may get to into an argument over who wins best regarding Sheridan and Delenn's first kiss. <laughs> who wins the bet? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Who well, wins yeah, who wins the bet? Yeah, because we'll have to look into that, actually. I haven't heard the commentary yet. I'm curious to see if there's any jokes you guys make about uh, who's actually her, you know, her husband or like <laughs> you got Sinclair there, right? He's supposed to be her husband, but oh, then you yeah, got her holding hands with uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, which actually makes it a bit weird now that um, you know Sinclair is Valen um, <laughs> with the whole marriage thing of. Delenn is trying to marry Balin, trying to marry, um, basically, her god. <laughs> well, she didn't know she was marrying Valen at the time. No, she didn't, but still, it, it, it throws up a whole load of questions, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. On the first kiss, we had a discussion going on whether this counts, secretly in the spoiler thread, of course, and we were undecided. Let's see what you think. This is well, the one... Thanks. The one that was the coolest story for me when it comes to time travel stories. Yeah, we had the kid with the DeLorean, and I love those films. Mm -hmm. And there were so many other cool stories around time travel, and there currently are, and always will be. I really love time travel themes. So far, for my favourite show, to use my favourite theme of all time... To tell me its story was so much cooler, but that, but it's not that easy since we already know some, some of what we suspect. Some may never happen. No wonder you guys were a little bit confused. Probably you listened to the commentary. Uh, uh, it's all coming together. Maybe eventually. Mm -hmm. I think I was confused as well as excited. 
what I loved about the episode. Zathras. Zathras is always great. Zathras, special to us fans. Zathras says, all Zathras says is amazing quote. Zathras is funniest character of episode. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. My ship of heart was melting when Sheridan ends up in the future and learns a bit of what might be and just slightly shocked about the woman kissing him. Future Londo is evil, and I like that. And I'm still on Londo's side. Maybe because I like evil Londo. Or maybe because... You like evil. (laughs) Or maybe because not... He may not entirely be fully evil. What is this thing on Londo's shoulder? Susan and Marcus seem to be working quite well together. It looks like Susan seems to trust him, finally. Also warmed up to Marcus quite a bit in this episode. I didn't like him much in the beginning, but that's another story. I love that Sinclair is back, and that his story finally gets an ending, or a beginning. And on a side note, also know why Sheridan so much better from... And also, sorry, try again. <laughs> I also <laughs> now know why I like Sheridan so much from the better from the start. Either Sinclair is meditating a little bit too much, meaning he's meaning he was told to play it that way, or the two actors were just not at par when it came to acting. It's so much more noticeable in comparison mm. to Bruce Fox like that, that the actor is a bit too stiff. Just my opinion. Even Delenn gets to see a glimpse of what may be. What do, do you guys make of that? How will they build that stuff in randomly? Some other stuff. Meanwhile, they are messing with the central power core. Is that by any chance in the handbook for captains? If you want to be a captain someday, here's how you also need to be an engineer for nuclear power cores. Anyway, it's probably a good idea when you want to move a station to time, but how are we getting the station back in time, for me personally, was the only surrounding B story for all these flashbacks. Huge glimpses and revelations. The then in the spacesuit was really cool. But I always wonder if she's... In that spacesuit, then she's also freely jumping through time and potentially bumping into future lovers. Think about that. <laughs> By the way, is this the first time we get to see Delenn in Hunter in the green dress? I've, I'm not sure if we've seen this dress before, but it's a really nice dress. Uh, I do like it. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't even notice this dress. We've now talked about it. Like, <laughs> Apparently, they will win the war, maybe, but at what cost? And even an ever-burning Centauri Prime? I laughed out loud when Heidi and Elizabeth were commenting on this. I had exactly the same reaction when I saw that episode for the first time. Oh, yeah, because it's like it's been burning for 17 years or whatever. She goes on. You may have talked about the rumour that Jerry Joel, Garibaldi, didn't want to have any scenes from Michael... O'Hare. I didn't know that it rumor. I hadn't heard that before myself. I like how I they solved Ah. I like how they solved the issue and it's actually believable that Sinclair didn't want Garibaldi to come because he would have followed him. 
Yes, that sounds like the true friend Garibaldi was to Sinclair. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe Sinclair and Delenn stayed pen pals after he left the station and she had told him everything about her latest crush. I always imagined he was smiling. <laughs> I always imagined he was smiling since she had already told him about it. Yeah, possibility. Mm. FYI, both letters were from Sinclair, but I guess you already know that by now. There are a couple of inconsistencies with Babylon Squared, especially with Delenn in the spacesuit. But nevertheless, a very good episode when it comes to time travel, and it leaves a lot of question marks behind. I give both 10 out of 10 letters from a thousand years ago. Thank you, Uncle. Oh, well, she's not quite finished yet. Oh, sorry. (laughs) In your face. (laughs) Favourite alien, Zathras. Favourite human. Okay, okay, I'll give it to Sinclair, but accidentally... In the future, Sheridan was also not that bad. Favourite quote? I'll be in the car. Yeah. That was that was it for now for this episode. I have some catching up to do by listening to your latest two episodes. I'll do that while heading up to the mountain lake to survive the heat wave that has Vancouver and the rest of the world in a tight grip. Stay cool. Cheers, Anka. Now nice. we get to say thanks, Anka. Thank you, Anka. Considered a heat wave in Vancouver, like eighty degrees. I want to know. Uh, it's been well in Portland. We've had like over ninety every day, and I think it was close to a hundred a few oh, days. Wow. Nice. Oh yeah, at the start of the month, it was actually recorded as the hottest July on record in the UK, apparently. But they only rank that if it's that temperature at a certain place in London, no matter what the temperature in the rest of the country is. Right. <laughs> the rest of you don't count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have an email from Victor. I'll take this one. Victor says, This was an outstanding pair of episodes that cleared up old mysteries and brought back old friends, notably Zathras and Sinclair. Now that Kosh is gone, Dylan seems to be auditioning for the highly coveted role of most cryptic alien. Yeah. And being Min Bar, she has a good head start on it. Yeah, then I it... wonder how often those awards are held. <laughs> yeah. Then again, Sinclair seems awfully cryptic too. Maybe after all the time he spent on Min Bar, he's gone native. Yep. <laughs> of course, at the end of this episode, he will really go native. <laughs> My only nitpick of this episode is that Ivanova's distress, distress call was overdone. I can't imagine her behaving like that no matter how much distress she was in. Yeah, I kind of agree that's, with that's, you guys on that one. Yeah. That's an alternate future in which she... And eight days. Eight days in the future. <laughs> eight days in the future. Remember, a lot of ha- things happen in those eight days. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> but it's, a, it's eight days into a hair. future in which the shadows have been stronger. <laughs> yeah, like that's another past, thing. That's an alternate timeline. Oh, I guess that's true. So, yeah, we don't yeah, know how the characters have been affected. This is an alternate future in which the Mimbari aren't all about threes because Valen never existed for them. Uh, <laughs> as fatalistic as she is, even when the shadows were about to destroy Babylon 5, I imagine her sitting at her command station, completely composed, saying something like, I knew this was bound to happen sooner or later. I just knew it. 
Otherwise, this episode nailed everything together as all the different story arcs merged. We learned where and why Babylon 4 went, the origin of Bal- and the origin of Balin. In addition to the Minbari history lesson, we saw what looked like Emperor Lando <laughs> being succeeded by the Emperor Veer. Yay, Veer. Yay, Veer. Oh. I always enjoy seeing Zathras, who says he just does as he is told, yet no matter how convoluted the timeline becomes, he is always the only one who knows what's going on and what to do. (laughs) The first time I saw this episode, I didn't fully appreciate how well they had tied this story together. But on rewatching it, there there just aren't enough superlatives, as it is episodes like these two that place Babylon 5 in the very highest echelon of science fiction on TV. Agreed. Most shows, yeah. Most shows that have left so many loose ends never even come close to tying everything together. Yes, I'm looking at you, Lost. For that reason alone, the only possible, (laughs) (laughs) the only possible rating is a perfect ten symmetries of unhappy life and unhappy death. And yay, Zathras two. Regards, Victor. (laughs) Yeah. That's what we have. Email from Corey. Um. Email from Corey. Hello, CNC ambassadors and lucky guests. Well, after this episode, I'm a lot more and stronger parallels with DS9 that people speak of. From the time I first watched Babylon Squared and then started season two, more than five years ago, only to find that Sinclair was gone, I have long wondered how or even if the events of Babylon Squared would be addressed. Finally, in War Without End, I got my answer. It was great seeing Michael O'Hare again. I wish he had done the voiceover, the opening credits for this two-parter, and I love that we got to see Sinclair and Sheridan together. So according to Delenn, the events of this episode will prevent the reason for Ivanova's future distress call, although I like the idea that we could revisit it in season four or five, similar to the way we revisited Babylon Squared in this episode, but I don't think we will. One of the great losses of O'Hare's departure... One of the great losses of O'Hare's departure from the series was the loss of Sinclair and Garibaldi's relationship, and I'm glad that wasn't overlooked in this episode. I liked the callback to Fasten, Zip, Babylon Squared, when Garibaldi attempted to guess the password <laughs> required to listen to the message that Sinclair left him. <laughs> Having rewatched Babylon Squared, Sheridan's jump to inside his body 17 years in the future, while I'm not fully understanding it, it at least had precedent from Garibaldi and Sinclair having similar albeit shorter, jumps while in Babylon 4 in Babylon Squared. The same with the agent of the pilot in Babylon Squared and Sinclair in War Without End. When we first see Londo at the end of Part 1, the eye symbiote seems to be absent from his shoulder. Later, Londo says you cannot see it while it's awake. Therefore, it has the ability to be invisible, the same way the shadows can. Also, does Veer have one? We can only guess at this point. I suspect we will see it, them, again. Yeah, good call, Corey. I think we will, too. <laughs> I just love the level of arrogance younger Sinclair has when he responds to Zathras with, not the one what. <laughs> Let me see if I have this straight. Delenn switched time stabilizers with Sheridan, and it was her gloved hand to younger Sinclair touched with his hand, which violently forced him to fly back through the air. Then she is the one who saved Zathras when he was trapped under the pillar? I assume that's a little bit of a retcon, that O'Hara's departure from the series caused. The only part that bothers me a little bit is why younger Sinclair touching the gloved hand of future Dolin would cause him to be thrown backwards. When I thought it was Touch the hand, of hand his... by EVM. <laughs> <laughs> when I thought it was the hand of his future self, I assumed it was some sort of paradoxical thing about meeting yourself. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. Zathras, who stated what, he was was that oh. Dylan or was that Sheridan? My impression was that that was Sheridan. What do you what do you guys? No, think? I, I, I think my was, impression was Delenn had switched. Yeah, yeah, Delenn had switched. But we were point. supposed to think oh, it was Sheridan, I think, and then we found out it was Delenn. Well, originally we we're supposed to think it's Sinclair. Well, originally we were supposed yes, to think it's Sheridan, but it's really Delenn. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Zathras, okay. who stated he was the longest-serving caretaker of the Great Machine and knows things about it that even Drawl knows doesn't know, went back in time with Sinclair. I'm assuming he's the one who builds the Great Machine on Epsilon 3, or at the very least, creates the blueprints. Can Will or Ian verify if those were two Zathrases at the beginning of the episode? That's still my theory, at least. Can I you confirm? I can confirm it, but it's definitely a theory that a lot of people have. Um, and I say it is, it's just, as I said before, Split having split screen was just a step too far for this episode, so they had to uh, cast someone else. I think. What did they? I mean, couldn't well, they was somebody else. Well, I, they I could have done split like screen at the person. time. It's just budget rise. Oh, it did look it, like a different person. Okay. Yeah, it was definitely a different actor. I just, yeah, you know, it's it's I I, I the impression is it, it fooled me then. Yeah. Okay. Um. One Zathras being 110 years old, the other being 1,110 years old, having built the Great Machine. Ooh, good call. That's a theory I had thought of. Delenn claimed that if the Membari of 1,000 years ago had found Babylon 5 with a human on board, they would never have accepted it. Is that human-specific, or is simply non-Membari what she meant? Because the first person they encountered was Zathras. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> they accepted Zathras, yes, but... <laughs> but they could have accepted that because Zathras was working for Valen, so, uh, you know, they just yeah. saw Zathras as a servant of Valen, so uh, that's an answer to that, I think. Plus they were born on... Yeah, as I said, plus there was Volons there, and, you know, how much Membo revere Volons. If Volon say something's okay, it's okay. Yeah. Um, continuing. <laughs> and I'm not sure where the Vorlons at the end came from. Well, I suppose the Vorlons have inside information and were there to preserve the timeline because they were always there before. But if they had been present there with the human Sinclair, what would, Minbar- would the Minbari still not have accepted it? Good question. In Babylon Squared, Major Krantz told Sinclair that they were in the conference room and Zathras appeared. In War Without End, we see some of the Babylon 4 crew's security found Zathras in a workroom looking for tools to fix the time stabilizer. That's the only inconsistency I noticed, and it's so minor I'm not even sure it's an inconsistency. The Triluminary turned Delenn into a Membari-human mm-hmm. hybrid, but it seems to have transformed Sinclair into full Membari. Why is that? Did Delenn only turn the transformation setting to half power? I won't call it a, an inconsistency yet, <laughs> as it still may be addressed in the coming seasons. Rating 9.95 out of 10 time loops. Human of the week, oh, harsh, the one. Harsh of rating. The, week, the Sorry. one. What? Sorry, I interrupted you there. <laughs> I'm just saying, 9.95, that's a harsh rating to give this episode. Anything under 10 is harsh <laughs> and shouldn't be accepted. How dare you, Corey? How dare you? Um, human, alien, and hybrid of the week are all no, the actually, one. Actually, about the... Tr- uh, the one. <laughs> I was just going to say that the, the try. I got an explanation for the triluminary thing. Oh, please do. I actually, uh, did only partially transform Sinclair. 
It's just that the parts that uh, are still look human, they're covered by his clothes. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Well, it's a good thing he didn't transform into half, um, uh, what's a half Centauri. Did he end up having three? Yeah, three. <laughs> I got that tentacle. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Corey. Thanks, Corey. All right, next we have one from Yan. I'll paste it in the Skype chat. All right. Oh. Let's see. Go up a little bit. Uh, where does it start? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, where does it start? Uh, okay, there's... Okay, okay, I think I got it. Oh, what just happened? Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, hello, fellow okay. down belowers. Uh, hello, fellow down belowers. Here is a short piece of feedback for the episode War Without End. And since I did not get to write one for interludes and examinations, here's a few words for that episode. <laughs> interludes and examinations. What can I say? Such an innocuous title for such a shocker. Oh, my gosh. Is it not interesting? <laughs> Isn't that interesting that Kosh shows himself for Sheridan and his, as his father, just as he showed himself to Jakar as his father? Favorite human, Sheridan. Favorite alien, Kosh, without a doubt. Episode rating 8.5 out of, a, out of 10, Shadows Killing a Vorlon. And then War Without End. Another momentous double episode, and we get to see Sinclair again. I hope that our ambassadors avoided being spoiled on that from the chapter view. And Sinclair travels a thousand years back in time and becomes Valen. Did the ambassadors figure that out before Marcus did? I watched the double episode along with the commentary from Beth, Heidi, and Corey. Could not hear much of Corey, though. What a wonderful moment when they see Sinclair. Did you notice... How the trouble, how the troubled look he always had in the season one had disappeared. This is due to the rest of the story that JMS told at Phoenix Comic Con. JMS told Michael O'Hare that he could come back and fulfill the character arc. This is what we see here. Note, this was not in the original outline of the story, but one of the trap doors that JMS put into the story. One of the things I love with Babylon 5 is that it has time travel done consistently. This episode precisely mirrors Babylon Squared, showing the planning that went into creating that story. Ha! Delenn can be almost as cryptic as Kosh, but at least we do get some information out of her. Finally, we got the full story of what happened to Babylon Stations 1 to 4, with emphasis on Babylon 4. I will let you discuss, and we'll have time to listen to the podcast. Um, I you will... have better have a lot of time, because this is an extra long podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we probably edited it down to like 15 minutes or so, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I will do WWE Part 1 and 2 as a single story, and do favorite quotes, etc., as if they were one. Quotes. Sheridan. When I enrolled in Earth Force, the posters said the greatest adventure of all. If only they knew. Zathras. No, no. Cannot run out of time. There is infinite time. You are finite. Zathras is finite. This is wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Zathras quote, really. <laughs> Ivanova. 
Marcus, we're stealing a space station and bringing it 1,000 years into the past. We're all mad. Sinclair Why did and we Garibaldi. Why that quote? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, old friend. Human character is Sinclair uh, slash Phelan. He, he said that slightly wrong. It's meant to be, Hello, old friend. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, that line and, Watch your back, Michael. Are the, you know... <laughs> Those are his <laughs> cheesiest line readings. <laughs> they really are. Okay, uh, his favorite alien character is Zathras. Rating is, I love this story to bits, so I rate it 10 out of 10. We're all mad. This was a bit short due to my other activity, but beware, you have most certainly passed the point of no return. Yan, the Babylon Lurker. Thank you, Yan. Yeah. And finally, we have email from Melanie from Krakow. Krakow! Right, have you read a bit of feedback previously, or should I take this one? I can't remember whether um, I'm due another feedback. I don't know, I can read this one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Melanie says, hi down below. Step one with time travel stories. Figure out how the show treats time travel. This is the third time I'm watching Babylon 5, and now I'm beginning to understand these episodes a bit. I think the idea is that you travel back in time not to change anything, but to make the future possible. If that future bomb had blown up Babylon 5 and or they hadn't taken it back to win the last Shadow War, things would have changed and we would have gotten the future where Ivanova sent out that distress signal. We're still trying to figure out how the actual change would have happened, or if it was even possible for our characters to fail. Since Babylon 5 did show up a thousand years ago, I'm beginning to think that was that what happened was bound to happen, if that makes any sense. The first time I watched the show, I thought that Sinclair was a reincarnation of Valen. But no, Valen is from the future, and it's Sinclair transformed to a Minbari. Now that I think about it, there's nothing that says that he isn't the in- reincarnation of Valen. I'm going to have to figure that out, but he sure knows how to make an entrance. <laughs> Where did the Vorlons come from? Have they always been there? Well, Costa say uh, quite set, quite a few times. I have always been here, yeah. and he said mm-hmm. yes. um, Sheridan as well. I felt sorry for Garibaldi until I figured out that he would have died from some weird time distortion thingy if he went to Babylon Four again. How Sinclair figured that out is beyond me. I still don't understand why the pilot in Babylon Square died. It was probably a good thing that Sheridan tried to get Zathras to reveal the future on the White Star. It was a later Zathras that we saw in Babylon Square at that point. He had found a new way not to reveal anything, <laughs> pretending that he doesn't even know what year he came from. <laughs> Rating 9. Bonus for traveling in time to prevent a bad future and make the timeline we know possible. 0.68. Final rating, 9.68 so stolen stations. Again, you fail on the ratings. <laughs> Human of the Week, Sinclair, Alien, Zathras. Quotes, this is another episode where I just want to quote the whole thing, but I'm limiting myself to two. Zathras, uh, the one about where no one listens to Zathras, I think he's quite mad. Oh, I think we said that already. Zathras. Zathras also honored, ba- honored to meet you for other reasons, <laughs> Sheridan, such as... Oh no, draw gay Zathras list of things not yes. to say. This was one. No, not good. Not to mention what? one or the one. <laughs> you never heard that. 
What else is on the list of things you're not supposed to mention? Zathras does not remember, but if Zathras remember later, Zathras tells you. Yeah. <laughs> Question for the ambassadors. Londo called Jakar old friend. Any predictions on what made him say it? Uh, ambassadors are they're old friends. Thank you, Regar. Yeah. Melanie, the Krakovian beer fan. Thank you for rounding out the feedback. Yeah. Thank you for all the feedback. It's been fantastic. Yes. That is mail at downbelowpodcast.com if you want to send in feedback. Okay, so the name of the next episode is Walkabout. Uh, no, it's not. It's not episode four of Lost. Oh, John Locke <laughs> <show Broadway. laughs> If only it would be. If only it would be. That's, to- that's completely where I went as soon as you said that. Um, Sheridan thinks about things. Yeah. Walking. <laughs> walking through it's it's it has sort of a spiritual connotation the walkabout mm-hmm. idea like to, yeah like going away to like think about things or doing some kind of ritual i just can't even imagine where this can go after this because it's like okay now they know that they're going to have a child together which gets into a whole other paradox of knowing your own future and um and how does that change things? But in this storyline, it probably doesn't because that's sort of the way the time travel works. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, and if Kosh wasn't dead in the current timeline, I would say it would be about Kosh. Yeah. Because it seems very Kosh-like uh, to be like a spiritual story. But and I, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll go with that. I mean, the spiritual story sounds pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some walking there. involved. Yeah, <laughs> somebody walks. Somebody walks in the episode. Yeah, somewhere. At the we end, can't... you find out they're paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> we can't be wrong if we yeah. say someone's walking in exactly. the episode, right? People talk as well. Uh huh. It's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> walking and talking. Yeah. So they're walking taking a ring to Mordor, <laughs> and because we haven't heard much from it in the last few episodes, I say Earth is involved somehow. I mean, Earth gets mentioned in the episode or pops up somehow. Earth does. <laughs> Maybe we finally... <laughs> Not Earth gets mentioned, but like Earth. Oh, something that... I don't know if it'll happen this episode, but something that um, I'm interested in seeing is when Lita comes back and Kosh is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I spoil you on a guest star. For next week? Okay. Yeah. Erica Gimple. Um, Veronica Mars. Who is that? She was what's her name's mom, I think. What's her name? Um, yeah. Hey, that famous character. What's her name? Yeah, Veronica's friend from school. Veronica had friends in school. Lily, Matt, <laughs> really narrows it down. I know that doesn't that doesn't narrow it down. Never mind. You'll recognize her when you see her. <laughs> she was dating Mr. Mars. Oh. Wasn't she? Oh, Wallace's mom. Wallace's mom. Ah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that could be. Well, we'll 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 see next week. Yeah. <laughs> Weird spoiler. I just saw the well, name. next episode. And there's so much other things for you to speculate on now. <sighs> oh, I know you can't do all of it, but some of it is rife with speculation. I'm sure. Let's see. Well, do you think they're going to end up having a son? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, here's a question for you guys. Yeah. Will, will Sheridan go to Zaha Doom? 
Yes. Yes. You can't build that up and then not have it happen. That's right. It has to happen. And so like, oh, I decided not to go to Zoe. <laughs> oh, no, it's not going. Even Everybody though I told me not to, yeah. so, you know. Is it better not? <laughs> Sorry, I was told I can't go there. Nope, that's not in his character. <laughs> Don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah, see, it's about. That's what's going to happen next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? Because honestly, I can't form theories okay. at this point. Right. Okay. Um, what sort of things do you think Delenn was hinting at all the trouble and strife ahead? Any ideas what you think those might be? Mm, definitely stuff to do with the shadows. Um, this war isn't going to be easy to win and and to get to where we see them in the future uh, does not look like much fun. <laughs> mm. um, what happened to Centauri Prime? Uh, I don't know. They said it was the allies of the Shadows, so I don't know why they would continue after the Shadows were defeated. There's too much fracking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think maybe, I don't know what the terrible price that they had to pay was. Um, oh, what a price! What a price! Yeah, exactly. I mean, is it Wesley maybe like? Price. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet. Is it like, like maybe a one of their civilizations gets destroyed, or you know, or is she talking a more personal price? You know, yeah. it sounded like a more broad scope price, but um, how does Jakar lose his eye? There you go. The yeah, silence ripped it out of his skull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it maybe has to do with Nathan Fillion in some way. Yes, oh, it does. <laughs> um, you the works of Jean. Ground battles with the shadows. Yes, he's in ground battles. Or he got in the middle of a drowsy purple-green. Well, that could be, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, I can't remember his name now. Um, the Mantis guy. Oh, Negrath? Negrath. Negrath. his eye out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of his arms. I want to see that. Actually, I just want to see Negrath again. Uh, yeah. yeah, we all do. Here's actually a good question. Who was it that was at the door? I think Elizabeth already maybe has uh, yeah. some uh, spoilerage on that. Super I, she accidentally saw a picture on the DVD. Yeah. The language oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. So you know that it was Veer. Yeah. <laughs> I was weird, I was weirded out by the picture. I was like, where does this come in? <laughs> <laughs> um. I have no idea. Uh. Let's see. Um. Sh- oh, I got it. It's uh, Sheridan's wife that was on um, on whatever that other ship was. The Icarus. The Icarus. Thank you. Yes. I, I do not know my ships. Kid Icarus. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll go with that. Seems dramatic. Good. That'd be pretty dramatic. Right. Okay. Is that all? I got a couple of things actually. Um, I was going to say that uh, when I rewatched this episode yesterday, this two-parter, my wife's parents were here. They'd never really watched Babylon 5 before, but they were sitting there. 
And and even not having seen the rest of the show, this uh, this two parter was still able to suck him in, even with all the references and stuff. They were really they were really getting into it. <laughs> oh, and the other thing I kind of wondered, uh, some of the the statements that Sinclair makes about uh, how his path is clear now and and uh, how he feels like you know, it's his destiny. Some of that almost sounded like self affirming stuff that maybe the actor was saying to reflect his, the troubles situation that he went through and has been going through uh, with the stuff that he'd been dealing with up until this point. Hmm. Did anybody else get that? When you know what he was going through, it definitely adds another light to it, doesn't it? Right. Right. That's all I've got. All right, Drano. Thanks for joining us this week. This Extended episode. Yeah, <laughs> you like a beer? You like a beer? Next one. <laughs> yeah, it was us, fun. Tell us all where we can find you out there. Oh, you well, I guess mostly these days you can find me on Facebook. I'm Sergeant Reno there. Um, I host a podcast called Station 7, The Door. Uh, we have covered Lost. We cover The Walking Dead. At the moment, we're doing a uh, rewatch of Z Nation, the sci-fi channel zombie series. It's okay. been kind of amusing. It's it's kind of structured as an intro cast. There's two of us that have seen it. There's one of us who has not, and we uh, we don't talk spoilers. So if anybody wants to uh, listen to that, that's out there. Uh, we've got Facebook groups and stuff like that. And my main computer just died, so uh, things are kind of on hold a little bit. But we're still going to podcast on uh, an episode of Z Nation tonight, actually, at 9 p.m., uh, which will have already happened by the time this is released, so who cares? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with Walkabout. But until then, goodbye. Zephyr C will have been have will be seeing you. Zathras will stroke off. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also down below podcast.com, Facebook.com slash group slash down below podcast, and twitter.com slash down below cast.